This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want and dial in via the toll-free number. That's how you'll do it. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And here tonight in the studio, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. Don't forget, you can join us over on our website at freetalklive.com. Mark, how does the site uh, allow listeners to take control of it? Well, you can um, you know, link to either blog posts or uh, videos or news stories, whatever it is you think is important. Put it in a show prep there at the website. People will vote it up, vote it down with, uh, I guess, the idea in mind that it is show prep. You can do the same with theirs. And we, of course, go there and take a look at the uh, the show prep and decide from um, what we're going to choose. It's freetalklive.com. It's a great way to be involved. Uh, I can tell you there's likely a lot more eyes on that page than there are on your Facebook uh, newsreader. News depends on depends on how many people you have on Facebook, but uh, yeah, it may, may be true. I, I, well, even if you have five thousand people on Facebook, the chances are if you have five thousand friends on Facebook, they have five thousand friends too, because um, you know they are the they are the Facebook hooker, just like you are, and so therefore their news feed flies by at the speed of light, and you never get your news out there Good anyway. Point. So our number here eight five five four fifty free, and coming up, I'll tell you about what happened today in uh, Concord where a group of activists decided to gather with multiple video cameras to make a stand for press freedom and stand up for the ability to record video in so-called public courthouses. It was a very interesting day. can get to some of that, but we've got, actually got an announcement here uh, tonight that made industry news today uh, over at uh, Talkers.com. <laughs> So, Mark, do you want to set the stage for uh, for what happened? Sure. Um, M- Michael Savage, uh, for whatever reason, believes he's a talk show host. He's a talk show host. He's the number th- one of the either number three or number four depends on how you look at it. But at night, he's number one. He is certainly the the king of the nighttime evening airwaves. Uh, Michael Savage, um, his uh, shtick is language, culture, and borders. He's basically the opposite of Free Talk Live. And yeah, he hates people who uh, are brown, for instance, that haven't haven't jumped through a bunch of hoops to come here. And make a better life for themselves. Well, you can characterize it however you want. But um, he offered Newt Gingrich a million dollars, as if a million dollars is that much to Newt Gingrich, in order to get out of the election. Uh, because he believes that Romney is the man and Newt's just diluting the pool or something. I don't know exactly what he thinks. It's a publicity stunt. So, um, you know, that that was what was done. And, you know, what it says to me is... A million dollars. I mean, everybody says, well, that's chump change compared to what you're going to make uh, as insider information as the president. I mean, frankly, come on. Does anybody really believe that a million dollars is – that the presidency is worth a piddling amount like a million bucks? Right. Well, I mean, the president gets paid less than that, isn't it? Something like 400-something thousand dollars uh, yeah. in, in the year. That's not what I'm talking about. Isn't the money from coming to stuff and giving speeches and after Afterwards, your president? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you well, know. I mean, there's deals that you can cut and uh, backroom deals, et cetera, that could be worth millions of dollars uh, from being president. I mean, who knows how much it truly is worth. Obviously, it's worth a lot to the political parties because they spend you know, billions trying to accomplish this. Yeah, didn't feat. Barack Obama spend a billion on his last mm-hmm. campaign? I mean, one would wonder why they would do such a thing. Um, and you know, the answer if all is, it were it's worth was half a million, worth, <laughs> right, yeah. worth that much. But I think that I may think there may be a point. Newt Gingrich is not going to win the presidency no matter what. I mean, it, I, I would. It's sort of like a comet hitting the White House or something weird. Um, so a million dollars is a nice uh, booby prize, uh, rather than you know going all the way and and losing everything. Um, and I don't think he. Fr- frankly, I, I think he's already burned out. But whatever. That's that was the offer. Um, Mark Levin and he got industry press for making that offer. Yes, he did. Headlines. 
And then the next day, the next day, Mark Levin, talk show evening talk show host, he's the one that sounds like this. Yeah, he would right? love to eat Newt Gingrich's lunch. And um, you're much better at him than I. Yeah, and he he actually he'd love to eat Michael Savage's lunch. He you know he. He decides that he'll offer Michael Savage $100,000 to get out of the radio business, which, of course, is the same kind of chump change compared to what Michael Savage makes doing radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mark Levin offers him $100,000 to get out of radio. As I mean, I don't know if that co- corresponds in any way. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing to do. Well, it's – okay. So they're both nighttime hosts. Right, and so they both have more radio affiliates than Free Talk Live, uh, and so it's kind of like the top two, right? So Mark Levin is the underdog to Michael Savage, and he saw the opportunity, and I think brilliant on brilliantly on his part to you know attack back, so to speak, or or jump in. That's what radio stunting's about. Yeah, and you know got some press out of it the next day as as well. Uh, but he he doesn't like Michael Savage. He or he appears not to. He's in competition with Michael yeah, Savage. Yeah, so he's trying to uh, to get more affiliates for his radio show. So yeah, it would be great if Michael Savage uh, went away. I'd like him. to uh, talk a little crap, if I may, about um, the why these guys are big time in the nighttime um, you know uh, a- area. Now Michael Savage, he's earned it, legit. All right, he um, he is he he's the big boy on the block because he earned it. However. Most companies uh, that do network ad buys, the first thing it says is do not air during Michael Savage. We get network ad buys for Free Talk Live, and it says that on our reports. I know you don't look at them, Ian, mm. but um, it says it like on every single one of them. Just no Savage or no Savage? Comma Mike, it'll say Mike, no Michael Savage or it'll say no Michael Savage or controversial content. Mm. And when it says that, what it means is no Michael Savage. Because, I mean, you know, I'm like, oh, we have controversial content. I mean, I called and it was like, oh, no, no, that just means no Michael Savage. Interesting. So what they have to do with Michael He's Savage is demand inventory, that's commercials, outside of his uh, you know, area on the radio station during the day in order to sell ads into so they can really make the money. Do you understand? You mean the network or the, 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 like the person that's promoting Savage, right? The, the company that's promoting him? Right. So that. the network that airs Savage demands inv- demands commercials from the radio station that airs Savage outside of Sa- Savage's broadcast time. Right. So if Free you Talk wanna... Live's commercials always air within Free Talk Live's time frame, right. and that's done with every show that I know of besides Michael Savage. Now I don't know well, no, every there show. Are other, there are other shows that do this. I mean, okay. It, it's basically kind of cramming down commercials on radio stations, and I th- I find it a dis- a really distasteful tactic, personally. I always try to think about, you know, what I would, how would I feel if I were a program director? Because essentially, what you're saying, Mark, just to rephrase it, is if I'm the program director of a radio station and I come to this this syndicate that syndicates Michael Savage, and I say I want to pick up Michael Savage. They say, well, you've got to run X amount of commercials every single day outside of Michael Savage's airtime. And you're saying that's because there are some companies that just won't buy. Michael Savage's show. That's correct. The syndicator still needs to support whatever costs they have to, you know, carry this guy's show. So they show. sell those commercials, um, you know, otherwise. Right. So they may force me to put Michael Savage's commercials, so-called, into my morning show with my local hosts and therefore make it so I, I don't have as much uh, commercials to sell or as many commercials to sell in the mornings, etc. Do, do you do you feel like that? We explain that, Allie? I, I think I understand, basically, that you can only... Is the idea you can only play the Michael Savage approved commercials during his radio show? 
No, um, what it means is is they're taking is that uh, Michael Savage is sort of so distasteful that if you want the big money for Michael Savage, th- that the company needs to a- ask for ads outside of Michael Savage oh, during other talk show hosts' time slots. Okay. I mean, a talk show. Uh, is airing always airs commercials so maybe the station decides to go through the morning show or air during rush limbaugh or sean hannity or whatever they've got on right so actually savages those advertisers get greater exposure because they're on during daylight hours during you know these bigger uh, day parts but it costs the radio station because they don't now now they don't have as much that they can sell their own selves because anytime the Michael Savage commercials are running, they're not being they're not being able to run the local uh, furniture store commercial and things like that. So essentially, what you're saying, Mark, is he just basically crams down these requirements on on his affiliates, and he so can do it because of- he's big. He's a big star, and like you know, he's hot stuff. So if one station drops him, then another one might just pick him up. So speaking of cram downs, let's move on to Mark Levin. And remember, this is me talking crap, and that doesn't mean it's not true. It's just me sort of telling all. Well, they've earned it. You know, this is how they well, do their I, business. Well, I don't know that Mark Levin has earned it, and here's why. He's uh, earned crap, is what I mean. He's earned crap. Okay. Because um, Savage has earned the ratings that Savage has. Mark Levin, however, the show is crammed down. And they say... The whole thing. The whole thing. Because if you want to carry... I think it's the same syndicator Hannity. as Sean Hannity. Yeah. So if you want to carry Sean Hannity, the syndicator... You've got to carry Levin. The, right. The, the, <laughs> the network says, okay, you, you want... Uh, yeah. If you want Hannity, you have to take Levin. Right. And that's how they shove down. 1-855-450-FREE. So what do we do about all this? Because we made some news in relation to it. Free Talk Live. DigEdPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis hit in interplanetary space. Phoenix Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring us anything toll-free. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And unlike some of the other talk show hosts in the business, we actually don't charge for our website over at freetalklive.com. In fact, you can have a mobile uh, site, too, if you'd like. If you've got a smartphone, go to m.freetalklive.com, and that'll connect you to our live streams and the podcast very easily, quickly. Uh, once again, m.freetalklive.com. The LC9 is Ruger's new, slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It's compact, has numerous safety features, a three-dot sight system, and Ruger always has and always will mean rugged. The Ruger LC9, the next handgun you must own. Made in America, made for you. It's Ruger.com. So, speaking of those other talk show hosts, we are talking about them. And normally we don't really have much to say about these folks. But in this case, they came up in the news this week in the industry. And we decided, and Mark, this was all your idea. Well, mostly. Uh, We decided to kind of... Right, you took my joke and you softened it and toned it down or whatever you did Jump on this. And what happened was Michael Savage, who's this big, big shot talk show host, he's he's pretty old from what I understand, in his late seventies. Is there a talk show host that's not? Well, some of them are in their fifties. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, Michael Savage is essentially an elderly gentleman, uh, although he's not much of a gentleman; he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> anyway, 
he uh, he's on the most stations of any of the night shows, and he offers a million dollars to this Newt Gingrich character to drop out of the race. This other guy, talk show host, Mark Levin, who is also a nighttime talk show host, probably number two to Savage is number one, I would guess. He comes out and he offers, what was it, uh, t- 100000 100, for Savage to quit his job. Levin says, it's time for you to retire. You're, uh, you know, you're really old and I want your affiliates. So right. uh, you need to. <laughs> That's exactly what it's all about. You need to leave. I can't uh, beat you based on uh, merit uh, and talent. I think it so. says here Savage is just 70. He's not 70. Really? I thought it was yeah. in the late 70s. He was born March 31st. Uh, B- Michael Weiner. Um, Did you know his son is the guy that owns the Rockstar uh, drink franchise? Oh, wow. Yeah, don't buy Rockstar. Uh, uh, don't. Can you imagine me drinking one of those with my allergies to uh, stimulants? I wasn't just talking to you, Mark. I mean, I you, you'd have to listening. put a bit in my mouth and tie me to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark does. Uh, he's a little sensitive to caffeine. Uh. So, uh, so this other character, Levin, uh, who, he has a kind of a voice that's uh, it's a little bit, it's a little squeaky. I guess you, you know. Could say. I thought it sounded like the uh, the penguin from Batman, man. Yeah, yeah. But it's nothing like it. I went back and listened oh, to really? the old Batman serials, <laughs> and the penguin sounds much more normal than Mark Levin does. Well, anyway, he gets on the radio. These both of these guys get on the radio and preach hate. You know, they they preach fear, and of course, one of them has the gall to uh, you know masquerade as though he gives a damn about liberty. <laughs> His book was uh, uh, Liberty and Tyranny and uh, Liberty and Tyranny. Right. This is the Mark Levin guy. Mm-hmm. So you we were getting into the other thing that uh, is kind of behind the scenes that people may not know about his show, and that is that his whole show is basically a cram down. And cram down is an industry jargon, and what it means is that uh, it's something that is forced, sort of, upon radio stations. It's like, uh, you want to take this? Well, you've got to take this, too. So if you want to take Sean Hannity, and, and it's funny, Ali, you, did, you knew who Sean Hannity was, but you didn't even know he had a radio show. No. It's the number two radio show in a talk radio show. And he was in, on the radio before he was on television, right? Yeah, I think, I think he was, yeah. Now that you guys mention it, though, I just looked up Mark Levin, and I was actually given a book by him before oh, moving no. here. Was that the Liberty and Charity book? Yeah, yeah. Um, from someone who I guess was concerned that I was into Ron Paul. He's giving me Here, this, this will set you straight, little lady. I just, you know, started flipping through a little bit, and I, I had to throw it away. Like I didn't know what else to do with it because I wasn't going to read it. I didn't want to give it to anyone to read. I had to throw it away. <laughs> set it on fire. Oh boy. So well, you know, I'm not going to claim that either one of neither one of these men are intelligent. I think that these guys, you know, they're well educated. They're smart guys. They. Um, He's a know. lawyer or something, right? This Levin guy. Right. I just I, I've differed greatly on their politics. Just, and they're the, just status and they're the way just, that they. Win to sort of motivate humans and, and their, big their stand on human liberty. They're big government, fear-mongering uh, Republican types, basically. And I would say that's pretty accurate. Savage bills himself as, as an independent, independent, and I think they right. both would build. I mean, you can't walk out smart. and say, I'm a Republican yeah. anymore. You must say, I really don't like what the Republicans have done. However, I'm a Republican. I mean, you, you have to you have right. to kind of qualify your Republicanism after George Bush, because George Bush took the Republican brand and drug it through the mud. Don't worry, the next guy will, too. So this Levin guy basically got a job with a syndicate, a big syndicate, and this syndicate is the same syndicate that syndicates Sean Hannity. And so the syndicate knows that everyone wants the Sean Hannity show. The, you know, the top station in the market wants to have the big names like Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity, etc. So in order to have Sean Hannity, they have to take Mark Levin. 
And the only way that wouldn't happen is if some station was big enough, they had enough clout yeah. to say, no, that's all right. We're not going to take your Levin. And if you don't want to give us Hannity, then we'll that's just put fine. on something else. Go take a walk. Uh, and we'll put six. on a local show and we'll beat you with it. In fact, that's what some people have been doing. Some stations, uh, there's a station in Delaware. I think it's uh, WDEL, but I'm not, not, not sure. Uh, maybe I'm mis- misremembering, but it's a Wilmington area station that uh, that had Sean Hannity on, and they dumped him. They dumped his ass, and they put on a local show, and they're cleaning the cleaning the floor with the other station in the market. You know, I mean, so, we, it's it's been said before um, in, in the industry that you have the, the best thing to have is a good local show. The next best thing to have is a good national show, um, and then after that, it's a bad local show. I mean, and the the really the difficulty is. Do you have a good show or not? Do you know if you have a good show? Well, in good, this case, what, show? what drove them to it was just frustration with having to deal with all sure. the corporate cram downs and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it sucks. I mean, you wanted to – can you imagine if you wanted to take Free Talk Live that you had to take some really crappy new show that has not even been proven whatsoever? Like if we just tried to force some new crappy show down our station's throats, they'd be pissed at us for that. And so that, but that's what these big companies, these big corporate uh, syndicate conglomerates do. So this Levin guy offers a hundred thousand dollars to Michael Savage to quit his job, and so it's like this little talk show host spat thing. So Mark, you said we need to jump into this. Well, I'm going to give Levin credit on this. He stunted just right. He saw an he did opportunity, it in time too. and he struck um, like a cobra. And um, he, he, you know, he did it just right. However, him stunting gave me the idea that that's what we needed to do too. And even now, though we didn't consider do it. Th- these guys are in competition, and we're in competition with them, so Free Talk right. Live needed to stunt on this one. And I thought it was, uh, you know, I, I came up with the idea of basically saying that I'll pay um, ten thousand dollars in order to see Mark Levin and Michael Savage uh, wrestle in a kiddie pool full of grape jello, wearing uh, <laughs> chartreuse and mauve speedos. It was too Res- juvenile, though. It was too juvenile for me, for my taste. And so what I did was I put it out onto Facebook and asked, uh, you know, crowdsourced it basically and yeah. said to Free Talk Live listeners, hey, what would you, uh, what should our offer be? What should Free Talk Live's offer be to these characters, this Levin and Savage? And, you know, a few folks responded, some of them with ideas similar to yours, Mark. And then there was what I thought was the best one. Actually, my idea did come from crowdsourcing, too. I'd like to make that clear. Oh, okay. So, uh, good, good to give credit where credit's due. So, uh, so somebody came up with the idea that we should have them sit down with, I believe it was a Muslim, uh, yeah. for lunch. Now, again, these are hate mongers, fear mongers, who are the kinds of guys who get on the radio and they talk bad about Muslims and they talk bad about uh, immigrants. These are, their, these are the kinds of That's shows that, that, uh, that you would hear if you actually bothered to, uh, to listen to them. And so I thought that was great. We kind of refined that idea a little bit. Uh, Mark, you suggested adding an undocumented immigrant, so they should have lunch with a Muslim, an Orthodox Muslim, and an uh, undocumented immigrant that's working hard to feed their family. And so we'll continue here. And I, I realize after the fact, Mark, we probably should have suggested they also have lunch with a gay guy as well. Oh, that would have been uh, great. one 450 free But I didn't think of that until tonight. one 450 free You can take control of the airwaves. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com.
Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring up anything you want. The number is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, one 855 Four five zero three seven three three. Joining you this evening, it's Ian, Allie, and Mark, and we invite you over to our website at freetalklive.com. Don't hesitate to get involved in various different interactive areas, like the bulletin board system, where you can go and and uh, post messages with other Free Talk Live listeners. All of it is free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. So, if you have an activist in your life, or you know, maybe you are an activist. This is the Christmas gift for them. Um, you know, maybe you'll need maybe you'll need to get uh, your wife or mom or whomever to uh, buy it for you. But this is the perfect gift for the activist. It is the dashboard. Uh, excuse me, the, the the GPS black box dash cam from uh, FreedomCam.net. I've got one of these in uh, one of my cars, Ian. You've got it in yours. I'm I do. Second one for my other car because I don't want to be without this. What this does is video and audio records. All the time in your car. It keeps eight hours worth of recording on there. And it also, in case there's some kind of bump or something like that, it'll record a a period of time around the bump. So if you get into an accident or you have some kind of incident on the side of the road, say a, a police officer you know, does or says something awful to you while you're on the side of the road, you've got it recorded. It's the GP- And GPS tracked as well. There's yep. a GPS unit in there. Every bit of it. And, and of course, if you get into an accident and uh, the other driver wants to lie, you've got all the information right there. Mm-hmm. It's got a front camera. It's got a back camera. Everything that could ever possibly happen, it is what you need in your car. And I've had one for a very long time it's largely uh, hands-free you don't have to worry about it too much it does its little thing you set it up it does its thing go to freedomcam.net and get one today it's a smart awesome. idea that'd yeah. be a great christmas present for me yeah. if anyone out there wants to tell me something. <laughs> <Hint>. <laughs> 1-855-450-FREE the toll-free number so we made an offer after this uh, trading of offers between the nighttime talk show hosts this week that uh, got them both publicity. Uh, their, their names are Michael Savage and Mark Levin, and they are the big boys at nighttime in talk radio. And we've kind of been revealing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff <clears throat> that goes on in the talk business and how this stuff really works. Uh, so a little insider information for you tonight. But the reason we brought all this up was so we could bring up why or how what our response was. How, how did we handle this? And uh, it was one of our listeners that suggested that we should offer them offer some money to perhaps a charity if they were to go and I don't know if it was originally offered to a charity but anyway it was offer some money up if they were to actually go out to lunch with a muslim and mark you added to that an undocumented immigrant working hard to support his family so to have these hate mongering fear mongering right because i don't like people that come across the border illegally to uh you know suck off of the welfare programs uh here in the united states any more than anybody else does however i do think that this is the land of opportunity and i think that a huge bureaucratic hurdle has been put in place i've heard the number that the weight essentially if you're a mexican um, trying to get in the united states uh you know legally the weight can be 140 years yeah, so the whole system is screwy, but these are the people that support the the system and they support cracking down on free, you know, free people and peaceful people. And so the idea would be, well, have you ever actually talked to a Muslim? Have you ever actually talked to and I mean listened to, I guess is what I should really say. Have you ever actually listened to an undocumented immigrant? And that was part of what we did with the offer was said that in order for them, of course, we know they're not going to do this, right? But in order for them to collect the money for the charity, 
they would have to, in a conversation, if they were actually having this lunch, this supposed lunch with the undocumented immigrant or Orthodox Muslim, that they, the talk show host, would have to talk less than 40% of the time for the, for the lunch. Meaning, if you're talking less than 40% of the time, you're doing most of the listening in the conversation. Right. Right? And these are talk show hosts who, well, they're used to running their mouths. Sure. And these are guys that host single man. They're just kind of like the standard angry white conservative male talk show host where they're all alone on their show. I heard this Levin guy. He addresses his uh, – sometimes you, so, this is a, was such a weird thing that some talk show hosts do. If, Mark, you were my phone screener and I was the uh, and I was the monologuing host, I would be monologuing and talking about whatever issue I was talking about. And sometimes you'll hear a host say, isn't that right, Mark? But Mark's never allowed to turn on his microphone to respond. Right. Rush does this with Snurdly, the uh, the off... I don't know what... It may this... not even be a real person. It's like their sidekick or something. But they're not even a sidekick because they're not allowed to talk. So they're just the person who's over there running the board. Silent and... Bob. Right. And so it's just... I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't understand the reason why they do that. I, I guess they want... Maybe it makes them feel like they're talking to seem, someone. It doesn't uh, seem weird now that I've heard Rush do it for so long, but it it's odd. But the uh, Levin this guy, character I've never been introduced to. This Levin guy I didn't even call him by name. Like he'll talk to his uh, his board operator and he'll just call them board op or board operator or something like that. And uh, you know we'll do that, but it's only because I don't know who the board operator is some, most nights on this show, and the and that's only when there's like some technical emergency that I have to sh- that I actually have to shout out to the board op. If I knew his name, I would use his name. But Levin's sitting right across a window from his uh, his phone screener. Well, another thing Levin does is uh, he'll say that you know most talk show hosts will say coming to from you to tie atop the the Michelin building in downtown Sheboygan. Um, you know they'll they'll. They'll give that shtick. Rush does it. Yeah. I mean, they all do it. You know where they're broadcasting from. Levin says he's broadcasting from a bunker deep in the heart of a secret bunker deep in the. I mean, they doesn't even tell people who he is or what he does. You think so? I thought he was in New York City. He may very well be. I mean, you could probably find the information out. I'm just saying when I listen to the show, that, that's what I've heard. So, uh, so you know, the offer was go ahead and go go to lunch with a, an Orthodox Muslim. Not some crazy Muslim like uh, you know some of the one of the radicals from the Nation of Islam or something like that. Last I heard, they still uh, believe that there was a, a crazy black scientist who created the white race. Uh, last I heard, Nation of Islam was still a very racist organization. Maybe that has changed, but and if I am wrong on that, please correct me. But it, but I mean an Orthodox Muslim, someone who really follows the uh, you know the the original teachings of. Uh, of the Quran and, and Muhammad. So the idea would be to have lunch with these folks. And then once they did that, Free Talk Live would pay $250 per lunch. So Levin could have lunch with an, uh, an undocumented immigrant who's working hard to feed his family and a Muslim and earn $500 for St. Jude Children's Hospital. And Savage could do the same thing. So we're willing to pay up to $1,000 to St. Jude. But I didn't want... I didn't want to seem like chintzy with this offer, right? Because we know they're not going to take us up on it. I mean... Savage knows that uh, Newt Gingrich probably isn't going to take the million dollars, so yep. it's just a publicity Levin stunt. Knows that Levin t- knows that Savage is going to quit doing talk radio, so that's a $100,000. So we wanted to actually really offer some money up that could do some good to the world, and uh, so the the rest of the offer was, well, if these two talk show host characters don't actually take us up on this deal— And we know they won't. And we know they won't. 
then Free Talk Live and our listeners will come through with at least at least a thousand dollars for St. Jude. And so the way I figure we're going to run it, right. we'll give them a couple. We'll give them a couple weeks to to actually respond, and you know, give them give them a little bit of time to where they could actually take someone out to lunch. And presuming they don't, which they probably won't. Because it would it would acknowledge it would be that ludicrous if they even uh, acknowledged having yeah. uh, you know I'm sure I don't know whether Savage has acknowledged uh, Levin's uh, offer but I don't he think would he be has. a fool if he had yeah no, I don't believe he has so uh, so again the idea would be to make this offer they and then if they don't take a take us up on it which they probably won't then coming up in the new year. When twenty when it turns to twenty twelve, we'll go ahead and do a fundraiser for St. Jude. Yep. And uh, you know, you, the listener, will be welcome to kick in a few bucks. We'll set up a chip in or something like that and uh, send folks over to it. But anything we don't raise from you, Mark, you and I are gonna kick in the, the remainder for whatever. I, I have always supported St. Jude. I We've done it before on this show. We've yeah, we talked I, about I mean, St. Jude. You know, I've I, <laughs> bald kids with cancer, it's hard to go wrong with yeah. that particular uh you know, that particular charity. I'm you know I, I can see why some have complaints about some charities. Some charities don't give enough money to, you know, doesn't trickle mm-hmm. down enough. Um, you know, in this case, they give uh, families that have, uh, uh, you know, a child with cancer, they take care of it for free. And that's got to be huge for a family that's struggling. And so many are right now. Um, that, that's why I've done it. That's awesome. I, and I think we said we would donate uh, the, the money to St. Jude in the name of love, peace and compassion or something like that. So it's better than language, culture, and borders. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a total juxtaposition against these hate mongering, fear mongering uh, tacos. And we got na- uh, you know national coverage from yep. Talkers Magazine. Talkers Magazine uh, gave them an exclusive on it, and they covered us in their daily little news update thing that they send out to people in the industry today. So we got some some airtime sort of. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. The LC9 Centerfire Pistol, a compact, powerful 9mm pistol, perfect for personal protection. The full-featured 7-round LC9 has a 3-dot sight system, checkered grip, and smooth edges for easy holstering. Ideal for discreet carry, the LC9 is also a full-power, no-compromise backup pistol, incorporating the rugged reliability Ruger is known for. Visit Ruger.com slash LC9 or your local firearms retailer to learn more. The Ruger LC9, it's mine and it's American. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we give to you. Once again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We will take that $3 in and invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing more internet listeners on board so they can get away from the fear-mongering that they tend to hear on talk radio and maybe hear a message about real liberty and personal responsibility and freedom. Uh, once again, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks, too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum, podcast, and more. Once again, amp.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. I get it. It's freedomsphoenix.com. Let's talk to Thomas in California. Thomas, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Allie, and Mark. 
Oh, how you guys doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind? Well, first, I want to compliment Allie. You did the right thing, just throwing that book away. <laughs> garbage. You're talking about the Mark, Le- the book written by radio talk show host uh, and competitor of Free Talk Live, uh, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, yes, exactly. Because um, a friend recommended that book because I wasn't sure where I stood politically, so he recommended it, and I'm like, okay, I'll keep an open mind. I got through maybe half of it, and I just threw it away. Well, I, I still have it. I didn't throw it away. It's just sitting on my shelf. Tossed it aside. Well, what did he say yeah, the I'll, other night? I, uh, I Sometimes I'll take a nap in the afternoon. If I get up real early, I'll take a nap before Free Talk Live. And when I wake up, it's the hour before we're going on the air, and that's when Levin starts his show. So he, I think he's 6 to 9 live, and we're 7 to 10 Eastern live. So I hear, I, I heard some of it once when I was waking up recently, and he was he was attacking Ron Paul. Oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. he was just on the war path against uh, Ron Paul, and just the comment that he made was just so absurd about. And I wish I could remember exactly what it was. I was you know half asleep uh, at the time when I heard it, but he was essentially saying that uh, he he was talking about the free market like he knew something about it. And it was just a bunch of nonsense. I mean, he he was basically just pointing out that uh, you know that he was completely ignorant on this topic, but yet still talking through you know both sides of his mouth uh, about how he you know he was basically saying we had a free market, and uh, it was just nonsense. Yeah, that was the frustrating thing I remember about just sort of looking at his book was he would. Um make it sound like he was about to make a case for liberty and then when you read into it, it's all this hate and you know anti-gay anti-muslim mm-hmm. like just very you know republican-y i guess i don't know how to describe it yep. fear mongering and hate mongering and you know all the usual stuff that's why i never watch any of the fox news any of that stuff any of the mainstream stuff i can't stand because they represent the status quo and the status quo is not really sustainable, and Ron Paul knows that. That's why they are attacking Ron Paul, because, you know, hey, he's talking about a dramatically different system. Right, Ron Paul's a threat to the system that is their bread and butter. I mean, it's it's really easy for them to get on the air and, you know, kind of take one side or the other, usually the Republican side. But as you said, Mark, sometimes they like to give the Republicans a little gentle critique just to show how independent they are. Mostly what their critique is is to say that I'm not a Republican. Oh, really? That's mostly what the repeat. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a Republican. I just sound remarkably like one. Well, sometimes they'll always support them. They'll find it. Well, no, sometimes they'll find an issue and they'll say, you know, I don't agree with this uh, Republican on uh, so and so issue. But uh, most of the time I agree with him completely. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, uh, Thomas, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I, I wish I could better remember what uh, what it was that he said, but it was just so absolutely ludicrous. And it was in the context of uh, of Ron Paul and just uh, this all out attack on him. Eight, five, five, four, fifty three, which I love what Lionel said uh, when you're taking five. It means you're over the target. Uh, as far as he, Lionel yeah. is another talk right. show host. Uh, you know, the idea that the, they're, they're not even <laughs> – now they're actually talking about the stuff that Ron Paul's talking about. Um, they're, they're, they're critiquing what he has to say. Before that, you know, they'd send Giuliani out and – you know, and, and – but, but his message is beginning to resonate with people. I was listening to MSNBC tonight and even uh, – it's very interesting to me. People will call them the media liberal. And this is patent nonsense, and here's why. I was listening to NBC tonight, which is MSNBC tonight, which is the liberal media. It is the liberal liberal media, and they were dismissing Ron Paul as kind of you know this this throwaway candidate, this silly guy that um, and all his stuff. 
if the liberal media isn't supporting Ron Paul, then the liberal media can't be liberal. The media is, uh, you know, they're talking about Newt Gingrich. MSNBC is talking about Newt Gingrich and Mitt Romney as they're the, as though they're the front runners. Wouldn't the liberal media be downplaying the conservatives? I mean, nobody's going to say that they're not conservatives, right? So. In that, so it, where is their allegiance then if it's not with right, the liberals? Their allegiance is with the state. The media is statist. It is not liberal necessarily. They do have liberal media. MSNBC certainly supports the uh, the blue side of the aisle, but and Fox tends to support the, the red. But don't be fooled into thinking everything the, the media says is a liberal bias. It's a statist bias. Now, I understand that Republicans want some freedom in certain areas, especially, um, you know, they claim uh, Republican voters are often, often want uh, fiscal freedom for people. And, uh, of course, they want to legislate morality. Democrats, the other side, they want to um, have uh, a very controlled economy, but um, right. you know, should be able to free, do what you want freely inside of it. So well, in one sentence, this Levin will say something and I'm sure Savage is the same way. You know, he'll say something about you've got to support the free market, and then two minutes later talk about how he, you know, wants to restrict the marketplace by not allowing immigrants to, you know, to come here and add yeah. themselves to it, or you know, other kinds of restrictions. I mean, you right. know, just there's no shortage of Republicans wanting to restrict this or restrict that, and. You know, you don't even have to say that you're for the, uh, you know, when you claim to be for the free market and then you support politicians who over and over again. It's not like we don't know what these people are going to do. We've had them for more than 200 years. They don't change. Let's go to Calvin in Missouri. Calvin, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh. Hey, Ian. Hey, Hey, Allie. Hello. Hey, Mark. How you guys doing? Great, Calvin. Go ahead with your thoughts. Well, I'm glad you guys are touching on the hate-mongering, fear-mongering that's going on in the media. That's going on where? I'm sorry, you got cut off there for a moment. The hate-mongering that's going on where? Oh, in the media, in the mainstream media. There's, here in Missouri, there's a local host, Dana Lash. I'm not sure if you guys have heard her or not. She's a popular female conservative, uh, as she builds herself. And today she was talking in response to the debate, the Fox News debate that happened last night. And she was, she was talking about how crazy some of Ron Paul's ideas are, at the same time saying that she's a fan of most of, it, of his ideas. But she was talking about Iran and, and Muslims in general, how they, and it's, it's not, you know, Ron, Ron Paul said something during the debate that, well, we, we can't generalize all Muslims and go to a war against the Middle East, the entire Middle East. And she said, well, you know, we're not talking about the, the entire Middle East. We're just talking about Ahmadinejad and, and a few of the unruly dictators over there. But then right after that, she follows up with, well, you know, the, the Muslims and the Book of Islam uh, is a cult, and, you know, it's, it's their fault for believing it. And they, they hated us before 10 years ago. They hated us now, and they're going to hate us after. Yeah, you know, so when it, I was growing like, up, before 10 years ago, I, I, you know, I, I never felt this. I never said to myself, those darn crazy Muslims when I was growing up, we were all scared to death of the Russians back then. Um, so right. the, There's a new boogeyman in town. Right, and that's really where it's come from. I don't know what how Muslims felt about Americans 20 years ago. I have no idea, but or, or in general or specifically, I don't know anything. Muslims, there's built like a billion and something Muslims, right? I mean, they, they feel differently. Yes. I mean, how could, how, how could they not? Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, another thing she mentions, too, is that they just inherently hate America. And she doesn't really source the hatred where it comes from. And she and this is one of the things she disagrees with Ron Paul about our foreign policy. She, she thinks we should have a warmongering foreign policy, much like we have now. But the thing is, is I don't think she understands the non-aggression principle because I think it's pretty common knowledge, at least in the libertarian circle, 
the, the, the reason why we have a problem with terrorism is because we're the original occupiers of foreign countries. And mm-hmm. I, always, I always ask my friends and family this, that if there was any other soldier from any other country occupying our nation, don't you think we would react at least? In the right. same nature that they you don't have to understand the, the non-aggression principle to understand that the terrorists in all their writings and everything they say say it. And can you imagine how utterly hard-headed you have to be, and how thoroughly ensconced in your belief you have to be to just choose not to listen to people that have this complaint? I mean, it doesn't matter whether the United States uh, military commits the atrocities. It doesn't matter whether it's the terrorists that are committing the atrocities. They just won't listen. And the media doesn't report what's being said. It's because they're emotional about it. They don't want to hear anyone say that the United States had any part in 9-11. Right. And these uh, talk show hosts, and Calvin, thank you for the call tonight. These talk show hosts are pandering to that emotion and that that, that kind of American pride by saying they hate us because of our freedoms, even though there's no evidence of that We have fewer freedoms than we did 10 years ago. Right. More coming up here at 855-450-FREE. It's just fear-mongering. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. free and bring up anything you want. The number is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733 as we launch here into the second hour of the program. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. And inviting you to the website at freetalklive.com. You can go there and uh, get interactive in various different ways. And one of those ways is that you can actually create the content of the website. You submit different things from along or outside on the web, uh, whether it's a YouTube video or maybe a blog post or news item. You submit it. Other listeners will then vote as to whether or not they like or dislike it. And the most like to make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. So head over there and get interactive as we go to your phone calls. We'll start things out with Creighton, listening in Kentucky. Creighton, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, how are you today? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, i am got a problem, and I actually think that your readers, your listening, listening crowd, um, is a very good crowd to ask this question. All right, yeah. shoot. My children are homeschooled, and my daughter is a voracious reader. And about a month ago, I noticed that some of the books that she gets from the library from the young adult section is really poor quality literature. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so I got, I got my daughter to agree. She's 11 years old. I got, got her to agree that she would read some of the books that I chose for her. Some uh, more classical with more... Uh, uh, more of a quality nature to it, but I wanted to favor liberty-oriented books. You can't you can't teach a child your own ideology, but there comes a point when you can introduce it, and that's what I'm doing. So you want classic um, libertarian literature? Is that what you want? Not ne- not okay. necessarily classic, but some but stuff that has been vetted for being, you know, decently good literature. Not uh, 
I mean, some of the things that you come out today are, are, are pretty bad. Um, uh, to give you an example of what I've done so far. Are we talking uh, about fiction? Yeah, fiction. Fiction stories that, that have a, a liberty lesson is what I'm looking for. For example, I've, uh, she's already read The Girl Who Owned a City. Um, and Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim, The Little House on the Prairie, The Pushcart War, The Wrinkle in Time, and Watership Down just in the past month. Wow, she's voracious. Oh, that doesn't count what she... My, my children, their homeschool education is centered around literature, and the whole there's no textbook. Okay. So they get hundreds of books like like these every year, and she destroys them. So, so, uh, so you would say that her reading level is, uh, would you say, college level, or? What was um, I mean, those books well, aren't exactly kids' books that you mentioned, right? Well, well, yes. Uh, the Girl Who Owned a City and Bushcart War and The Wrinkle of Time are definitely children's books. But okay. she tore those through those in hours. Watership Down though um, doesn't doesn't show up as I mean, you know, that's standard ability to read it there. I mean, you know, the. Well, Mark, you've you've interviewed a few uh, liberty-oriented fiction authors well, on this one program. Th- one person that I would uh, first off look at is uh, Taryn Lupo's got a couple of uh, books out here. Yeah, um, yeah there the you go. Pirates of Savannah is a more adult. It's oriented- mature. Yeah, it's mature. But I I get the impression she may be prepared for something like that. I don't what know. What about Seamus's booty? I mean, Seamus's booty. I haven't, booty I haven't is- read it yet, but I read Pirates and I loved Pirates, and he was it was a great book. Seamus's booty is an, uh, aimed at a younger audience, and so you can check that out. And that's isn't it supposedly aimed at my, like a teen, teenage yeah, kind of audience? The also this, was it the, was it the hunt for Seamus's booty? I think or that's the search what it's for Seamus's booty. I, if you look up Seamus, there can't be another book in the world that has the word Seamus and booty with an apostrophe s and booty, yeah. um, all in the the same <laughs> title. It just can't. Um, so. I don't think those words have ever been put together in the the, the English language. Maybe I'm wrong. There's got to be a guy named Seamus who's uh, had that, but not not in literature. Also, it, it, not not in literature, but it might be in, in the adult section of the, the uh, video rental store. It does have that booty. Does have that <laughs> synonymous uh, mean uh, or that uh, a synonym um, as far as meaning? I've heard uh, one of my friends said that the moon is a harsh mistress oh, was yeah. a really good one. I don't know what level that's on. Heinlein's Heinlein. always going to be a great choice. Um, of course, she needs to have. I mean, everybody needs to have uh, read The Fountainhead and uh, Atlas Shrugged. So I have not read either. At some point, yeah. I, I've I've read the Atlas Shrugged, and I would not allow my daughter to read that yet. Okay, mm-hmm. why um, is that? Uh, why is that? Well, because of the the, the precinct. Well, the the reason I wouldn't let her read um, Atlas Shrugged yet. Is because of, of of the of the issues within Atlas Shrugged of the main character uh, having um, uh, out of uh, extramarital relations with three different men in the same book. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... Uh, so so I'm, I'm shooting this at an 11 year old girl. You know, and that's exactly not what I want to go for. Um, Un- understood. Well, there's there's definitely uh, sex in the pirates of uh, of Savannah. So if you want to if you want to avoid any kind of sexual uh, connotations, then you probably wouldn't want to go there. But if if I don't imagine Seamus's booty has any I, of that, that's that is definitely aimed at younger people, from what I understand. I did get her the Moon and Hearts Mistress, uh, but I had to consider that the the presentation of the line marriage. Oh yeah, is is not really doesn't fit into our Christian kind of culture mindset. 
Well, it's uh, uh, and he it, the way he explains that that marriage that goes on in the moon is that it is a an issue of necessity, and it, it's interesting to look from sort of an anthropological, uh, you know, look at what would it be like if you had a situation where the population was nine men for every one woman. Yes, and that's why I chose to, to let her read it, and she's reading that one now. Yeah. How about um, comic books? Does she like comic books? No, but her brother does. Oh, okay. And how old is he? He's eight. So, uh, Mark, I was reading a couple comic books when I was in jail, and one of them was Escape from Terra. Uh, I don't know. If, what do you think, Mark? Do you think Escape from Terra would be appropriate for a person in that kind of age range? You know, I don't look at stories. I don't look at stories and judge them as whether they're mature or not. I don't have a child that's that age. Mm-hmm. Jack wouldn't be reading, you know. Coming soon. Books. He's already yep. three-something. I'm right, but it's four. just not something I have to deal with today, yeah. so I don't look at it that way. You'd have to vet it. But Escape from Terra by Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com is a uh, good point. The, vetting it would stuff. make sense, and then you get to read it uh, yourself, which is worth well worthwhile. I liked a- it. Another one that you can look at is uh, Michael Z. Williamson. Now, this is much more the military military kind of thing, but uh, Michael Z. Williamson, uh, yeah, Michael Z. Williamson has, uh, he, and he's published by Bain Publishers, B-A-E-N, Bain, it's, it's like B, but they um, switch the A and the E around. Um, they put, basically anything by Bain is going to be mostly liberty-oriented stuff anyway, and Michael Z. Williamson does what I've really enjoyed are these uh, sort of um, novels that are aimed at people that kind of like the the future uh, future military stuff. But they, he's got this planet that's completely free market. Um, anarcho-capitalist is the term he uses for it. And it's uh, it's called Granme or something like that. It's uh, some kind of Irish name. It's very interesting. So, Ali, uh, I mean, as far as reading any other uh, liberty-minded fiction, can you think of anything? Because I'm you know, not I'm... much of a fiction guy. You know, I'm not a big reader in general, but when I do read, it's usually nonfiction. So I'm not the really best one to ask. But I say it's great that she likes to read. And my only advice, I would just let her read whatever she's going to read. Because, you know, if you try to keep in mind that, you know, you're her dad and things that you suggest might have a less cool, like less of a coolness to them. And so if you're giving her these, oh, these are dad approved readings or whatever, and they just seem to confirm all the things that you say, then I've heard lots of people. I, my coworker says he doesn't, he's doesn't like Ron Paul because his dad was so into Ron Paul mm-hmm. and to him, it's not cool. But Maybe she's for not me, quite yet to that point at age eleven. But that probably also will she come. doesn't go to regular school, which really does cement that kind of attitude. Yeah, that's true. Right. The it fact that you, she's homeschooled, she's already better off anyway. It makes so. you cynical and hate authority. Here, I mean, here's and, what I would suggest to you. Uh, I, I'd suggest to Creighton that you get on the Free Talk Live BBS and or Facebook. And page. people can call in here and give suggestions. Certainly, too. you're welcome to call in and give suggestions here. But if you want to really kind of crowdsource this information, obviously we we've got what. Our suggestions and they're worth whatever they're worth. But if you were to post on the like the Free Talk Live Facebook page, maybe some other folks could go over there and post their favorite, uh, maybe friend, kid friendly slash tween. I guess they're tweens, right? Uh, tween friendly, liberty oriented novels, and I, that's what I that's okay, how well, I would approach this. Well, I don't do Facebook. <laughs> okay, well then drop at, by the Free Talk all. Live yeah. BBS. You you could do that, I'll try right? That. BBS.freetalklive.com. Yes, yes, sir, and I'll be I'll continue to listen. Excellent. So if any of your other listeners call in and have a suggestion, you just yell it out so I'll get it. Thanks, Creighton. Again, that's bbs.freetalklive.com. No Facebook required for that. You just go and create an account if you don't already have one. And that account is also good on the Free Talk Live site, so you can use that same account to uh, vote on stuff on the Free Talk Live site as well. Thanks, Creighton, for the call. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live at 855-450-FREE. 
you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com Talk Live, toll-free number for you, 855-453. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight with you, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Lots of features there, and we give them to you for free. The webcam is one of them. You can go watch, listen, and interact, because the chat room's built into the same page over at cam.freetalklive.com. Once again, that is cam. .freetalklive.com. You've been hearing about uh, the new digital currency known as Bitcoin here on Free Talk Live. We talk about it a lot. I was just uh, um, doing a little business with Bitcoins last night, and it is the Internet's version of cash. It is a currency created specifically for the Internet. It is anonymous like uh you know like cash is it is untraceable um you can uh, there's no chargebacks uh you know i mean it's just it's cash for the internet and it's uh, one of the fastest and safest ways to get your bitcoins is by going to crypto exchange they have a complete bullion store there too you can buy sell uh, buy gold and silver privately with bitcoin if you're totally clueless about the currency they've got they've got a 24 hour customer service right there on the site all you have to do is click on it it's on the uh, top of the, the the website at the link at the top you can see crypto exchange's banner it's uh, posted at bitcoin.freetalklive.com that's the easiest way to get there it's bitcoin.freetalklive.com all right. So, uh, by, by the way, uh, you, Ali, thought of a book when right when we went to break, and it's probably worth mentioning on the air. Oh, well, 1984 was one of those books that was required reading in school, which is the only reason I read a fiction book, probably. <laughs> and um, it was uh, eye-opening for me, and uh, just you know, but at the same time, if uh, it's if we're talking about for a homeschooled child, then they might not have to deal with all the you know, 1984 like nonsense that goes on in public school, so they might not really have the context for it. Well, I don't know about that. I think 1984 is about more than just you know. Obviously, it's about society. Right. Well, if there's classic libertarian literature. 1984 is it? True. I mean, fiction. Yeah, I mean, that's what literature is. And yeah, I've heard it's great. I haven't read and it. And Animal though. Farm too. Um, and you know, Anthem? Animal Farm. Animal Farm. Anthem. Anthem's Anthem good. was good. That's yeah. the only Ayn Rand I've ever actually read. It's nice and short, isn't it? Yeah. 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 One eight five five four fifty three. Your thoughts are certainly welcome. Let's see. This is what happens if you send your kid to the gifted school in town. Let's go to Frank, which, by the way, is infested with rats. Uh, my old uh, high school. <laughs> I've got that news story here. Uh, let's talk to Frank, though, listening in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Ah, uh, good evening. Hey, Frank. Yeah, go ahead. A very interesting evening. I would recommend maybe the best thing to do would be to get the uh, University of Chicago's list of the great books, the hundred great books, and start homeschoolers on them early uh that would i don't know if i would trust any university's list of uh, great books it sounds like she could plow through them though well actually that's the same that's similar to the uh list of great books the students at uh uh the uh st john's college uh pursue so it would be worthwhile looking into that uh that list uh you know that really represents the very best of the libertarian and western tradition 
so before you reject anything because the university has it, it would behoove you to look into it. But what I wanted to talk about tonight is the Defense Authorization Act. Fair enough, Frank. It is yeah, a I agree with Frank. profound uh, act of high treason against every citizen of the United States uh, by violating the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. And I think now, the, the, since Senator Carl Levin disclosed yesterday that President Obama forced him to include the part about putting American citizens in as enemy non-combatants. I think that's an act of high treason that Carl Levin should be brought to trial for, as well as McCain and Obama. And that would be a wonderful thing. Well, that would require them to put themselves on trial, which the system will never do. That would require the system to put itself and its own actors on trial. It would require someone like Ron Paul to raise this and to do an impeachment of these characters and bring them to to trial for high treason. It never happened. They all voted for it. That won't happen. Then we know the system is shot. It's over. We already and know say, that. Forget about it. You you still haven't you still haven't quite come to that conclusion yet, huh, Frank? You're still waiting. Well, to... I say that until until this is reviewed by the Supreme Court and we find out what they say about it, then you know it's really over. But for you to automatically just say that'll never happen, let's not forget, let's forget about it. I would say, well, then you're violating your notions of libertarianism and freedom and the Constitution, everything no, I'm not. you supposedly stand for. Yeah, I don't stand for uh, – I'm not a libertarian, and I don't stand for the Constitution, and I don't, uh, I'm not under the belief that these people give a flip about what their own Constitution says, and they certainly well, don't I care would, about I holding anyone this, accountable. That, that law is an act of treason because it allows the government to violate the Constitution I agree. And because Carl Levin – and Senator McCain introduced that bill and wrote it. They should be brought to trial for treason. And since Obama, yeah, well, the Constitution's been violated for years. I think they should be, Frank. Let's bring Obama in as well, and that would be a wonderful thing for the world to see. Sure, it would, but it's not going to happen. I thank you for the call. I appreciate as hearing from you. Eight five five four fifty free. Sorry, it's not going to happen. I mean, look at all the just the depredations and unconstitutional uh, and illegal things that these government people have been doing for the you know the last several administrations. I mean, right, Obama already assassinated an American citizen. Assassinated. Yeah. Seems unlikely. Uh, two, actually. Um, two, one and was, one that was a, a minor. collateral damage uh, of the, the, the son who had committed no crime, whatever. Yeah, well, at least that you know of, right? Like, that they're reporting. Right, exactly. So who knows how many people might actually have been victimized. But there's no shortage of uh, these these people doing terrible things. And, of course, they, they all voted for it, for the most part. Most, most of these folks in D.C. voted in favor of this Defense Authorization Act. So those same people aren't just all of a sudden going to decide, hmm, let's bring them up on charges. It's just not going to happen. I mean, wouldn't I, I guess you'd have to ask yourself is if just because they he's talking about McCain and, and Levin and I don't know who introduced this stuff. I'm just assuming that these are the guys that introduced two. it and wrote, yeah. wrote it just because they wrote it and introduced it. That I, they're no or more. I don't think they're any more culpable than the people that voted for it. And yeah, it, for sure. It breathes through. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. Ingrid is in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Ingrid. Um, hey. Hey there. What's um, on your mind? Hey, everyone. Hey. Um, I'm calling about um, the um, Bradley Manning um, Article 32 hearing Yep, that's happening in Fort Meade. Um, I went to it today, and um, that was kind of crazy. Um, to get in, you had to bring your ID. Um, you had to show them your car registration, um, car your registration. proof of insurance, and then there was like three different checkpoints. So if you don't have a car, you can't go to this pub- so-called public hearing? Um, well, you could probably get in, but, it's, but you would have to walk. Um, it's like over a mile. Once you got inside the base. Mm-hmm. Well, you could ride with somebody. I suppose, yeah, um, ride in a car with somebody. So uh, so you went to this hearing. How many people came out for it? 
Um, um, they let about like um twenty like um spectators inside. Um, I I would guess there was about like maybe like one hundred and thirty people there. Okay. So everybody else just um, had to kind of had to stand outside and wait around. Yeah, and it was kind of like kind of weird because I kind of got there late, but then there was a bit of confusion. Um, because then the, this one guy was like, "Where's your permit?" And I was like, "Well, I don't have a permit." And then, this, and then one of the other military people was like, "Well, they're letting people in with permits." So then when they put me in, they actually put me in with like the press um, slash government agents section. So you were, were one of the twenty people that was actually on the inside. Um, well, actually, they closed off the twenty people, but I got there late, so they kind of put me in with the press like government huh. agents section. Did you have? Nice. Did you have like, like a camera or something? And what what made them think you were press? Well, when I um, got there, um, I was talking to this military guy, and then he was like, where's your um, badge? And I was like, well, I don't have one. And then this other military guy came in later and was like, well, they're letting people in without um, passes. Ingrid, hang on. I want to find out what happened. Uh, Bradley Manning had a hearing apparently today. She was there. We'll hear more about it in moments. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. The toll-free number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 855-453-1855-450-3733. Speaking of SACL CAI, what is that, Mark? SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. They can do it for your company, too. Uh, they, they take care of all the, the things that go into collecting the money that you need for your business. It's uh, SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. Principal over there, Jason Osborne, big supporter of Free Talk Live, has been for many years. It's uh, SACL, C-A-I. All right. I know we had Ingrid on the line. She's still there. She's uh, Hopefully, we'll, we'll hang on patiently. We've got breaking news, and we need to, uh, to get to a special guest. Uh, TSA George is on the line, on the AMP line. And uh, TSA, you're, George, you're actually uh, – it's your, during your shift. You're working at a Washington, D.C. area airport, and uh, something just went down at your TSA line. Uh, well, it happened at the line next to mine. I did a name next over. I saw, I saw, as I recognized Adam Kokish. The only reason I recognized him because he was standing surrounded by some of my coworkers and screening managers. He was in his underwear. Yep. I'm pretty sure he was protesting. I haven't actually had a chance to talk to him, but I recognized him. He recognized me. I gave him a little hidden salute, you know, to him. Right, because you and, both um, actually went to the Porcupine Freedom Festival uh, this year. For those of you that have not listened before, TSA George is a liberty-friendly uh, TSA agent. and uh, he's, yeah. Actually, I met him at the Jefferson Dance-Off. Oh, excellent, excellent. Well, I know you bought, y'all yeah. were both at uh, Porkfest as well. And uh, yeah. so he got arrested for, for what? For, prote- for stripping down yeah. in, in protest of the body scanners? 
I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I mean he's in his underwear, so you can pretty much put two and two together. He's you know, right there, you're working at activists, he's in his underwear, he's protesting. Um Either that or he's on some really good drugs and having a really fun time. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those two. Yeah. So uh, so that's all you have right now. In who in whose custody is he being held? George? Yeah, um, yeah, he just walked by right there, and uh, yeah, he recognized me. <laughs> so he's, he's back in his um, normal outfit again. He's being escorted off. He's not in handcuffs anymore. Um, I think they're going to either escort him out of the checkpoint and not allow him to fly, or okay. escort him well, to the gate. I don't know. So basically and, someone and makes a like, scene, and they have to arrest the person to make it look like there's security. Was he going to fly? Yeah, yeah it looked like he was going to fly. Okay. And why else would you go through a checkpoint? Um, another question, really yeah. important, is uh, were they briefs or boxers? Um, all boxer briefs, I think. Boxer like. briefs. Hey, there you go. Nice. What a vain, vain man. <laughs> <laughs> they have video. Yeah, yeah. So, but you didn't notice anybody there with him recording? It was just the uh, the TSA cameras that got footage? No, no one's with them. Interesting. Going it alone. In your underwear. In, yeah. <laughs> George, uh, anything else? So, so I, I follow him back out and just chat with him, but at the same time, I don't want to get in trouble with my coworkers. Yeah, right, that makes I mean, sense. Our eyes met, he recognized me. One of my um, supervisors like, what, you know him? And I just had to be like, uh, well, I know him from a, a TV show he's, like, he's got. Uh, an episode I saw, like, it's called Adam vs. the Man. Like, you know, uh, trying not to... Um, you know, treat down, rough him up too much, and just get his own TV show and get him on. I've got a, I've got a number for uh, for Adam, and we can try him maybe during the next break if they're if they are actually kicking him out of the airport, and uh, maybe we'll be able to get him on the line to talk yeah, more about. Well, he was just, yeah, he was just escorted out of the front thing, so I guess he's getting kicked out of the who, airport. Who who was it that made the arrest? Was it DC police? Yeah, MY Airport Police is Metro Washington Airport Authority. Gotcha. Interesting. It's a yeah. small world, man. It's same same airports, uh, pretty much the same line. You see, they saw that went uh, go down. I know you got to get back to work. Thanks, George, for the uh, the scoop. I appreciate hearing from you uh, tonight, Adam Kokesh from Adam versus the Man. Great liberty activist, uh, really brave dude who was actually one of the folks that got arrested this summer for as uh, as George mentioned the. Uh, live for your dance event uh, that that happened or the jefferson dance party uh that transpired in washington dc where multiple activists were arrested and actually ingrid uh, was there when that went down uh ingrid you were in the background you didn't get arrested that day but you uh you were recording video and so i i'm sure you just heard all of that as we uh, had you on hold there i apologize for putting you on but uh oh, GSA oh, george okay. had to get in there because he's going back to work uh so you were calling tonight about bradley manning there was some sort of a hearing today uh, what was this hearing about? Um, well, the Article 32 hearing, and basically um, it's a pretrial um, hearing for the military um, where they basically say if there's like enough evidence to bring it to trial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was kind of um, interesting because um, I work as a legal assistant, and I thought it was really crazy, even more sore than civilian court. Um well, the main thing they dealt with was that they thought um, that the that the investigating officer, which was kind of like the person who's in the so-called um, judge role, um, shouldn't be presiding over it because um, they had they mentioned things that, um, for example, for the prosecution that they wanted to call ten witnesses, and that he okayed all ten of their witnesses, but for the defense, um, he only approved um, two out of thirty-eight witnesses. Two out of thirty-eight. Yeah, and um, well, that deck's not for, stacked against them or anything from the uh, from the get go. 
And then they also said because they pulled him out of the Department of Defense that um, he's biased. And then another thing that I thought was really um, crazy um, was that um, the investigating officer wanted um, the other military people to testify on the phone, on sworn. So then these military people would just be testifying, and um, of course, then they could lie under oath, and you know they wouldn't be held to it. Really? Which, which I thought was pretty insane. Um, yeah, you know, another thing that the, the Manning uh, case has going for it um, is that the fact is that uh, Barack Obama said that Bradley Manning was guilty already. He's the commander in chief. He is the superior officer of every single person who's in that courtroom testifying, um, sitting on the jury, whoever is there. He's their superior officer. So essentially by finding him not guilty – they'll be disobeying an order from their superior officer, and that makes the whole proceeding uh, null, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Um, and not, though on, like, um, some, I guess, more on a positive note, um, at the end of the hearing, um, some of the people in the courtroom started singing out happy birthday because tomorrow is Bradley Mann's birthday. <laughs> and then afterwards, someone yelled out, um, you're a hero, and then that was the point when they That's kicked great. us all out. And, wow. um, so, so like, you actually did get to see him. He was there physically in the courtroom. Yeah, um, we didn't get to talk to him, um, but he, he was in the front of the court, and then at certain p- points, like he would um, walk by, and um, he's really short in per- person, which kind of shocked me. Huh. Hmm. And this um, is the first time he's been in public since how long has it been that he's been in? Good question. Yeah, he's been um, in custody for a year and a half. This is wow. the first time he's been in court. Did you see? How did he look? Um, he looked um, um, I guess like pretty good. Um, he was like he didn't um talk to any of the people in the courtroom, and um, when, when people were first waiting, um, they didn't really know it was him that because he was dressed in fatigues. So some people were saying like, "Oh, is he going to come out in like cuffs?" And you know, is he going to be shackled? And then later when they realized it was him in the front, then they were kind of, like, embarrassed. So was he shackled? Was he, Did they have him tied yeah, down? Yeah, no, he wasn't shackled. He was um, in the military camouflage. I don't mm-hmm. know what you call it, but, like, the usual, like, military right. uniform. And then mm-hmm. he was wearing glasses, and he had, like, a bit of a um, crew cut. Thanks for sharing that tonight, uh, Ingrid. I really appreciate hearing from you. Um, I, and I just want to bring up um, one more brief thing. Sure. There's going to be a um, big rally um, in Fort Meade tomorrow at 12 p.m. Oh, great. So if you're in the area, and I guess if Adam Kokesh misses his flight, you know, he's more than welcome could to come, come out. out and hang out with us. <laughs> Very good. Hey, thanks for the heads up. Appreciate you following the, this and being there and being one of the few people actually allowed into the courtroom for the uh, the Thank Bradley you. Manning hearing today. Uh, great activism on your part. Thank you, Ingrid. Uh, and actually, she was just up here not too long ago visiting uh, our very own Keene, New Hampshire. So uh, 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number here. I'm going to try to reach out to uh, Adam Kokesh according to his uh, Facebook status. He says, it appears I'm going to miss my flight due to United Airlines' ignorance of their own firearms luggage handling procedures. So it sounds like this was a uh, a gun-related incident at the D.C. airport that resulted in Adam Kokesh stripping into his underwear and being arrested by D.C. police, airport police. 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number. You can take control of the airwaves and uh, bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live.
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated. So send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring it to anything that you want. 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. Click into the links from uh, or to Amazon there and Amazon will give Free Talk Live a portion of your purchase price. It's basically their affiliate links that essentially it's like a little portal from Free Talk Live to Amazon, so they'll recognize you came from us, and then they'll cut us in on the profit that they make on your sale. So head on over to AMP. Excuse me, not AMP, but uh, shop.freetalklive.com. That's shop.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done. My wife and I were just talking to a friend today who was uh, over at the house, and we were having lunch about how food prices have doubled in the last uh, few years. I mean, it's amazing how much food prices have gone up recently, and I don't expect this trend to stop. The fact is that they're printing more money all the time, and it seems like you can expect food prices to continue to go up, and probably quite a bit. Uh, One way to sort of uh, handle that issue is to spend today's dollars. I mean, it's difficult to know what to invest in. Gold and silver, down right now. Is it a buying opportunity? I don't know. But I can tell you that you're going to need food in the future. Mm. That much you can be certain of. Get food today at prices for today, and then you're, you know, in the future, as, uh, you know, it becomes more and more expensive, you have, will have bought well. You'll need food that stores well. How about wisefoodstorage.com? They have uh, their foods packaged in fresh for freshness in me- individual metal mylar pouches. They each carry an individual 25-year uh, uh, shelf life, and you can prepare them in just minutes simply by adding water. Visit wisefoodstorage.com or call 855-FOODWISE. You, gotta, you have to know for yourself whether you like this food. You can get a free entree sample just by going and asking for it at 855-FOODWISE or um, wisefoodstorage.com. You have to use coupon code FTL in order to get the free entree sample. And if you decide to order, uh, you'll get no-cost shipping and 10% off any order with coupon code FTL. It's 855-FOODWISE is the telephone number, and wisefoodstorage.com is the website. Coupon code FTL. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. William in Dallas, Texas. William, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Allie, and Mark. How y'all doing? All's well. What's on your mind, William? All right. Yeah, I'll keep this brief. I just thought it was funny that I heard uh, Dave on the radio today. Uh, I listened to all your. I've listened to Dave, the the guy that always calls in defending marijuana. Oh, Dave from Montana. Yeah, actually, we haven't heard from him in quite a while, and then all of a sudden last night he called out of the blue. Yeah, it was really funny because I've listened to every episode y'all had. For the past couple of years, easily, and I've even gone back to 2007. And I was hearing some of his two calls on 2007. I was like, "Hey, we haven't heard from Dave for a while." And I was just going to say hi. That was about it. You were you were calling for a shout out? 
Is that right? Yeah, shout out, baby. Yeah, we don't really yeah. do that on Free Talk Live, but uh, thanks <laughs> oh. anyway. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Can you imagine how boring it would be if everybody just called in to Free Talk Live and said, you know, I really like uh, Jill. She called in last night. Hi, Jill. Well, I How awesome say- is it that he said he's listened to every episode about for the past, what do you say, three years? That That's pretty said? cool. I uh, was very happy to hear from Dave, too. I, I thought his message uh, was uh, somewhat edgy uh, for, for what he normally does. But, uh, you know, I, I was happy to hear from him. But I'd, I'd appreciate it if somebody actually had something more to say than just, I hi un- there. I understand. Yep. That's your job as the program yep. director of this show. Toll-free number is, we want to talk to you about something, I guess. Not just shout-out. one eight five five. At the very least, you got to lay down the no shout-out rule, which you probably have It has been a while yeah, since I've... we've uh, laid down the no shout-out rule. So, there you go. So, uh, sure, you're happy. One eight five five four fifty free. That is the uh, the number here. Sickle C A I toll free line. So this uh, this morning or rather afternoon, there was quite an activist uh, occasion here in New Hampshire. Uh, as you know, we all moved here as part of the Free State Project. Ali, you're relatively new within the last six months from Alabama. A little over three months. And uh, Mark, you and I have been here since 2006. All kinds of people have been in between with lots of people moving, always new people coming in every single month. Uh, just had a new mover show up. I believe it was last uh, couple of day, within the last couple of days out here in the, the Keene area. And uh, there's new folks always coming up here, which is great. And that means the more activists we can get together in New Hampshire, the more effective we can become because it's all about numbers. Achieving liberty in our lifetime is about numbers and concentration. You have to have enough people who give a damn about freedom, who are willing to stand up and do something to achieve freedom. And you have to have those people in the same place so they can be more effective. Makes some sense. So that's why the Free State Project exists is to bring liberty minded people here uh, and get, you know, get them active to achieve freedom in our lifetime. And today was a a perfect example of exactly one of the ways in which this can occur. Now, obviously, there's like the kind of the inside the system, uh, you know, pass legislation, get people elected, that kind of thing. But what we did today was inside the system, but also combined with non-cooperation. And I think non-cooperation is one of the best ways that you can operate inside the system. Now, again, using the term inside the system, I don't know if it really does anything justice because there's just so, so many shades of gray, right? Is it inside the system to not do as you're told and, and non-cooperate with the system? I mean, you are at, at the system. We are at a courthouse today. Mm-hmm. We are participating in the system by testifying at a hearing about cameras in court. But also, before that hearing, we had probably close to a dozen, maybe eight to ten uh, camera people that were in the court lobby recording video there, and they tried to come in and intimidate us into not recording video. At the hearing where uh, they're deciding whether or not you can record at hearings. Right. I thought for sure they were going to just be hands-off. I, I figured that uh, you know that, that no one's going to get arrested today, and thankfully no one did, which was a good success. Uh, but I thought that they were just going to ignore us completely and just let us record video in the lobby but no they wanted to make an issue out of it so again this whole hearing was about standardizing court rules because across new hampshire there are different rules at different courthouses even courthouses of a similar name so like superior court in grafton county those bureaucrats behave completely different as the ones do in cheshire county like in cheshire county they'll confiscate your cell phone from you when you walk in but in grafton they don't take anything from you so there's no consistency and the idea was to have a hearing about making the rules consistent across all the courts. So 
the intention of the activists who give a damn about court access, press freedom in the courts, because our friends are frequently in there and peaceful people are frequently being taken to court for not harming anyone else and uh, facing trial and facing years in prison. So it's important to be able to have cameras in there to hold these people accountable. And, uh, you know, if we hadn't shown up today at this hearing, we meaning the liberty activist community, it'd have been empty. It would have been almost empty. There were probably a couple, at least a couple dozen activists that came out. And on top of that, there were two other folks that came out. The two others were one attorney for like the press association in New Hampshire and another guy who was like speaking for the press association in New Hampshire. And that was it for this hearing about what is a really important right. And that is your right to be the press. You're right to be a free press and report on whatever governmental activities are going on. You know, it's it's really funny that uh, judges across the nation are saying that essentially um, people have the right to record government bureaucrats and functionaries within their roles, uh, working with the public and that kind of thing. But consistently, there's they say, oh, well, that's not true in court. Whoa, whoa. It's not true when you're talking about us. Uh, the these government functionaries mm-hmm. and bureaucrats consistently judges say that the government uh, you know I I assume they're saying that the you know government of right is government that can be viewed by everybody that uh, you know government deserves the light of day I don't know what what it is that they claim that people have the right to film bureaucrats for but when it comes to filming their bureaucratic butts they don't want to allow that and the idea the very laughably sad idea that judges can somehow sit uh, justly over the case where or not you decide whether or not judges have the power to uh, allow themselves to be filmed no you're a judge you can't decide whether or not you have the right to be filmed or not i mean that's like letting the police officer who shoves the camera into somebody's face who's filming them decide whether or not he should be filmed Mm -hmm. it's ludicrous who should decide this comes down to that whole right who watches the watchers that question the the old question and in this case obviously if the watchers watch themselves they know they always decide the same thing, that they're right, that they're in charge. And that's what the judges are going to do in these circumstances. There needs to be somebody above the judges to make this decision if you're going to have a hierarchical system. There's so, supposed to be somebody over the judges, by the way. It's supposed to be the people in the form of the press, which they're then saying can't film them. Well, the press will just wait till after all the court proceedings and just ask them what happened right. and just report on that. They don't want to be actually, they don't, you know, the liberty activists are the only ones that actually want to be there for it You're and right. get everything, you know. And the You're press doesn't for. care about liberty activists being, going to court. I mean, they, I've never seen WMUR show up for, to record a court hearing. I mean, for the most part, they, they completely ignore what's going on with our folks. And so we're the ones that have to do the recording and the reporting and, and all of that. And they're trying their damnedest to, uh, to stop that. But this hearing was to uh, supposedly standardize those things. And I'll tell you more about what happened because it was more interesting what happened outside of the hearing with a certain security agent that we labeled Dennis the Menace. We'll tell you about him coming up. Free Talk Live. On DVD for a limited time. Chase lives here. You move back here with my son. You're a predator. 
Jack? Yearly is a bold, independent film about the struggles of a middle-class father as he fights to win back his family after being fired for sexual harassment. Reviewers call Yearly superb, amazing, and one of the most honest looks at today's modern man in marriage to hit the silver screen. I'm guilty of cheating on my wife. Winner of Best Feature at the Malibu International Film Festival and other festival awards including Best Actor and the Platinum Reel Award. Yearly set against the backdrop of the difficult job market and follows a flawed man who makes one bad decision after another as he faces the intrusive scrutiny of the courts. Why didn't you tell me you had a kid and a wife? Go to yearlymovie.com. That's Y-E-A-R-D-L-E-Y movie.com to own the DVD now before they're gone. You have no idea what it's like. You cheated on me. Click the Amazon link on yearlymovie.com and a portion of the sale goes to support Free Talk Live. That's yearlymovie.com. Are you firing me, Riley? This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll free number 855-453, the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. And inviting you to the website. Go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. Create the content of the site. You can actually add stuff to the website and then other listeners vote on it. The most voted up, make it to the front page in the top of the site over at Free Talk Live. Dot com. We'll continue. I'll tell you about Dennis the Menace coming up here in a little bit. Uh, we had a huge uh, turnout, a good turnout, uh, over at the courts in New Hampshire at the Supreme Court at a hearing today, and they attempted to intimidate us into stopping uh, recording video in the court lobby, and I'll let you know how that went here in a moment. But first, let's go to you and your thoughts. Ryan, listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. Hey, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Hello? You are right there. We hear you. Go ahead. Am I on? Can you hear us? Okay, I guess we're having some sort of uh, technical difficulties. We're going to, he just dropped off the line. So uh, maybe, Ryan, you're certainly welcome to call back. Uh, might yeah. have been a bad sell or Interesting. Some, something like that. Sometimes these things happen. 855-450-FREE. So uh, myself and about two or three, probably Two carloads of uh, Keniacs, uh, activists from the Keen area, and some folks from uh, from Manchester also came out to today uh, to go to the State House, not the State House, excuse me, the I'm so used to saying the State House in tandem with Concord, but Concord, New Hampshire, the capital of New Hampshire. They also have the New Hampshire Supreme Court there. It was my first time actually going into the Supreme Court building, and I think it was probably most people's first time because there's never been any reason to go there. And they were having a hearing about standardizing camera rules across all of the New Hampshire courts. Because right now, it's completely arbitrary. You have no idea, you know, when you walk into a courthouse, how they will be handling the media. Some of them confiscate everyone's cameras and cell phones. Uh, and other courts don't do anything at all. And so we went into – with the intention of testifying at this hearing. It was supposed to be a public hearing. And the the hope was that we'd be able to speak as the public, that it wouldn't just be a public hearing where, you know – You can watch you can the watch bureaucrats do their stuff. And it actually did turn out to be one in which we could speak, and so a number of folks did sign up to speak. But prior to getting into the hearing was when the action really happened. And for me, this was the main reason to go. I did want to testify, and I wanted to let these people know what my experience has been watching people get arrested for using a video camera in a public place like a court lobby. Uh, there's been no shortage of arrests like that up here. It's been absolutely outrageous. And I told my story, and I told some of their stories, and, and I did get up and, and speak, as did a number of others. But the the main motivation for me and what i considered the real reason to go was that essentially i saw it as a showdown that uh, this was you know this was the time when we needed to make the stand because we've needed to and it hasn't happened yet it has it hadn't happened out 
until today. It hasn't happened in Cheshire County, which is where we do the show, which is arguably the most oppressive place in New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> because to attempt it's where we do the show. <laughs> to attempt, well, no, it's because it's where because a lot of activists here. are. No, it's not because of me, Mark. <laughs> it's because of activists. There's multiple. If it was just me, they just lock me in a cage and that would be it. But uh, it, it's because there are multiple activists out here, and they don't like having uh, light shown on their activities, and they don't like having cameras uh, around to show them what to, to show people what is actually going on in these courtrooms, and so. So again, uh, we we were there uh, for the intention of making a stand, and there were a number of activists from this area that were intending at least five, maybe six of them, uh, including myself that were intending to record video the entire time, like from walking in the front door of the Supreme Court, going through security, and then, you know, while waiting to get into the courtroom. One of the things things that this has the advantage of is to show the Supreme Court justices what it would be like in a world where people could record at, um, you know, one of these functions. Because I think that the biggest fear, and I think it's a legitimate fear, is that everybody would would fancy themselves a uh, news reporter that might you know move around the courtroom and get better shots and things like that? And I think that would be distracting. And I think it's a legitimate complaint that uh, you know that might be the case. And I think that if everybody brought in a camera with a tripod and tried to set it up and took up sort of more space than they should be allotted, that that would be a problem. However, I think if a person wants to sit in their seat and aim their smartphone right. at the proceedings. Meetings, that nothing strange is going on. And that's actually what ended up happening today. There was a whole huge section of people that were were recording video at this uh, this this hearing. But it was beforehand where they really tried to crack down uh, on people wielding video cameras. And we'll tell you more about that here in a moment. But I have a sneaking suspicion Adam Kokesh is on the line with us here. Uh, Adam, is that you? Yes. Sneakily suspicious Kokesh reporting for Free Talk Live. Hey, Adam. So I heard you were running around uh, Washington, D.C. in your underpants? Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite pastime, flashing politicians and lobbyists and throwing my junk in their face. You know, I love getting the, the reaction. So, uh, you know, I just thought I'd take it a step further and do it to the TSA. And, you know, they're, they're, they're apparently just as likely to call the cops when you strip down to your boxers to go through a TSA checkpoint is, is, is when you, uh, you know, give, give a senator a forehead slap. So, uh, how to, so how'd it go for you? <laughs> well, I, I actually did not expect what, what transpired. I went through the, uh, the, the I, was, I was actually directed to go through the body scan. I said I opted out. And then when I was told I was going to get a pat down, I said, oh, I'm just going to strip down instead. And I, and I did. And I've mm. actually gone through the checkpoints before. You know, in the equivalent of like boxers, and uh, well, as you, I, I was on the front page of the Albuquerque Journal when I did it for National Opt Out Day last year, hmm. and uh, you know, I got a few weird stares, but nothing else from the TSA. And uh, when I did it this time, I guess the timing was a little bit different, or something, or someone had a bad day. But the, the two gentlemen that were there um, were obviously very uncomfortable. <laughs> And I told them, look, guys, I'm much more comfortable standing in public in my boxers than I am being felt up by a strange gentleman. And uh, they, they, I don't know what it is. They couldn't understand that and uh, immediately called the cops. And, and wow. I didn't get a chance to say, hey, like, I'm, no, I'm trying to go through security and, and actually be in compliance <laughs> and not get a, like, I'm, I'll go through the metal detector. You can look at me in my underwear. You can see I don't have anything on me. I will comply with the objective of the security 
checkpoint, I will comply with the security procedures. And in fact, uh, except for sort of standing up for my rights and not putting my clothes back on and saying, no, look, I mean, like, you don't have this, you, you know, authority in, in essence because I'm complying with TSA regulations. And obviously, like, I'm sure listeners of your show know, people have done this. It's nothing new. Yeah, it's, I mean, maybe maybe the, the TSA forgot about everybody doing it for National Ops Out Day last year, and now they think it's a big deal again, and, and they can harass people for just doing anything well, unusual. If, if one person does it, uh, they can arrest them. If if uh, if a whole bunch of people do it, they can't. But I, I'm curious, when you did this before, you said it was something the equivalent of underwear. So did you wear, like, Speedos, or what did you wear? I was, wearing, I was wearing, like, tiny, tiny running shorts okay. that were actually, like, more revealing than the boxers I was wearing. <laughs> right. I mean, I think that I think that underwear is underwear, and then everything else kind of falls into a different category. They don't. They wouldn't know what to do with you in say, you know, tiny running shorts versus the uh, exactly. Uh, you know, the the speedos. You could actually go on a plane wearing those silly things. Right. Well, the best part is that there, the grounds for the arrest was disorderly conduct, of and course. I have to say, I was. I never raised my voice. I was perfectly calm, and they, they were all acknowledged, acknowledged, uh, acknowledged all of that. Um, and they said it was disorderly because I was dressed inappropriately. And the cops kept saying, there are kids around. There are children here. <laughs> like, it's inappropriate for a child to see a man in his boxers. Like, it's not on television every single night. Like, right. it's not, you know, just a natural human body. It's not like I'm, I'm even showing anything particularly revealing here. And... They cuffed me while I was in my underwear and socks and sat <laughs> me down at a bench so in front of the you. checkpoint where everybody could see me for about an hour yeah. <laughs> while I was sitting there nearly naked for an hour, and they were aiding and abetting me in my disorderly conduct. Yeah, that's a much better message to send to the children. Mommy, why is that man in handcuffs and not wearing any clothes? <laughs> he's in handcuffs because he's not wearing clothes. <laughs> So you can't wear clothes. <laughs> like, well, that's silly. And they wouldn't even know that, though. I mean, that's the thing is they just handcuff him and sit there. I mean, the people that saw you get arrested were gone. And then a whole new crew's coming through. And people are just wondering, why is there a man sitting over there handcuffed in his underpants and socks? Now, hold on. PS- PSA George was, was there. Yeah, I know. And that's I, how we I, found out about this. He, uh, he took a break and he called us and uh, gave us a heads up. Do you want? If, if there's more to your story, I'd like to keep you with us and uh, talk a little further about it. Yeah, sure. All right. I, well, I'm, I'm sitting here in front of a, a, a baggage carousel waiting for my, my bag to All right, great. We'll be back so, yeah. more with uh, Adam Kokesh here in a moment uh, from adamversestheman.com. That's his website. Uh, does some internet uh, TV work. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. The state owns the land. But they don't own the water. To be free today, you need a boat. Not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a stable catamaran, as big as a house, that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food, and has a shallow draft to be able to get a car or SUV ashore. With a life yacht, you could live free of nearly any government intrusion and have a seashore home anywhere in the world. You can be involved for $1,000 and a commitment as little as eight months. EricksonCouncil.com Up anything you want. Toll free number 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They're completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. Allie. 
And Mark. And you can join us, uh, of course, over freetalklive.com and enjoy features like our archives where you go back all the way to late 2006. You can download as many uh, episodes of Free Talk Live as you'd like. No limits. Just go click and enjoy over at freetalklive.com. Are you looking for the perfect treat to bring to this year's holiday party? How about a great gift idea for friends and family? This year, make it George's Famous Baklava. George's Famous Baklava is a walnut pastry with over 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All the ingredients are premium and natural to ensure only the best taste. It's the perfect treat for any holiday party with friends, family, or coworkers. George's Famous Baklava is shipped in a special container, priority mail, so it gets to you fast, fresh, delicious, and in perfect condition. Order it by Monday, December the 19th, to make sure that you have it in time for Christmas. Check out George's Famous Baklava at mandrick.com. That's where you can get it. M-A-N-D-R-I-K. There's no C in Mandrick. Mandrick.com. We've got Adam Kokesh with us here uh, calling from the airport in D.C. as he has been refused uh, access to his plane be- because basically you decided you didn't want to get a uh, – you know, you'd rather not have the, uh, the body scanner operate on you and you'd prefer to not be felt up. So you stripped down to your boxers and they arrested you for so-called disorderly conduct, which of course is a favorite catch-all by the police. It's basically the charge yep. they levy at anyone that they don't like uh, because you know it's not like you were doing anything that was actually wrong. They were accusing you of there's children around. But I mean haven't people ever brought their kids to a pool where people are wearing skimpy clothes before? What's the big deal? Doesn't dad sit around in his uh, underwear and scratch himself at home? (laughs) I mean, really. They they cuffed you, they sat you down on a bench and kept you there for an hour while what? Where they just shuffled paperwork around? What was going on? Well, of course, they have the normal little mini three-ring circus with the representative of the airline and the representative of the TSA and uh, the the guys with the badges on their suit lapels and the guys in the blue costumes and uh, the, the you know the fat ones and the skinny ones and uh, it was just uh, it was it was a show you know it was the, uh, the the typical reaction of the machine to you know uh, uh, something something in the way of the gears turning smoothly and you know this is the sort of typical overreaction but I had a nice chance to chat with the cops and and made it clear that they were aiding and abetting me. In my disorderly conduct, by having me handcuffed in my underwear and preventing me from from being reasonably dressed in public, it's true. So you're facing disorderly conduct charge. So that's the D.C. cops that uh, have brought that charge. No, no, because I was a Dulles. It was it was airport police, but it was under Virginia state law. Virginia uh, disorderly conduct charge. But I, I just want to say um, to to give a shout out back to to TSA George who was there, and I didn't recognize him at first. He waved. And I, I think he's he's. Uh, trying not to blow his cover and, and sort of right. whispered, uh, I won't even say what it was, but a, a code word to me, if you will, as I was passing out through the area. And uh, it, was, it was nice to know that, that, that someone there uh, appreciated what was happening. Because I saw him walking around looking at me earlier. I'm like, why is this one? He, he actually gave me a little salute <laughs> doing it subtly. And I was like, who is this guy we've got on the inside? <laughs> It's funny. It's really yep. funny. Well, TSA George has been listening to Free Talk Live for more years than I can recall. He's definitely been around the, the movement for a long time. And you both actually were at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and he came out to the yep. Jefferson Dance Party uh, last year. Yep. It's, a, you know, it's a small world. And uh, so, so Adam, uh, so what's, what's next? Now, you got a court date. Uh, you're going to go to – I take it you're not going to take the plea deal on this, right? Right, right. No, I'm going to – well, I've, I, I've got a court date for February 17th. 
and uh, I can file a complaint with the TSA. Oh, and the TSA agent also threatened me with a $6,000 civil fine <laughs> for, for causing the disruption, of course. Um, so I don't know if I'll have to fight that. But I, I think if I go to court and what I'm being charged with is disorderly conduct, all I can really challenge is, is the disorderly conduct charge. But what I'd like to do is sort of maybe, if possible, you know, just put, put, put my little stone on the pile that's going to go towards helping redefine the relationship between the, the police and the TSA so that it's not so, uh, so much a power trip for the TSA that they can just say, oh, this guy looked at me funny, call the cops, and the cops just arrest them and pull them out of the checkpoint without asking questions, which puts the burden of responsibility on the police to create an arrest. Um, and, and, and really that's what happened. Like, even if the, the TSA security agents at, it, involved uh, in, in my incident today had said, well, we believe you're not what we're telling you to do, and we believe you're breaking TSA regulations, and we don't know what to do, so we're going to call the police because we're not comfortable with you being here at this place where we're supposed to be providing security, and the police removed me peacefully and got me out of there and said, well, you know, if you plan on trying again, will you try differently? If you do this, you know, you'll be arrested because it's airport property or, or, or what have you, or, 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 get, or, or take me to the TSA supervisor and get a little clarification on, on what the actual rules are going through a TSA checkpoint. You know, I could understand it, but I, you know, I don't think a whole lot's going to come of this. Probably not, um, but at the I, very I, you know, least, it could be, uh, you know, publicity for you and your show, Adam versus the Man, uh, Adam versus the Man dot com. You've been, uh, you were on uh, RT, and then they, for whatever reason, decided they didn't want you there, and so you kind of uh, took your show to the internet, which is kind of what Free Talk right. Live has done over the years. If we've ever not been on a radio station in the past, we always went online. Of course, your show's always been online as well, but now it's focusing there. And uh, Ali, you were just watching some of uh, Adam's content tonight, just by chance. Uh, she had your content on uh, on her laptop where. You're going down to the uh, occupied DC on a regular basis. Yeah, I love, I love those videos of the people in DC <laughs> just to get an idea of like where their minds are at and what are they trying to do there and all this. Uh, the videos of them trying to censor you are probably the best ones just because it looks so oh, bad yeah. for them. Well, you know, there was a point I was actually interviewing a woman who was part of the SEIU co option attempt of the occupation movement when the SEIU through our D.C. and some other front groups sponsored their uh, occupation on the mall, which ended up not being an occupation at all. Everybody who came, you know, ended up staying and sleeping somewhere else. It was a, it was a big joke. But they, they were basically using the occupation movement as an excuse to get activists to go to Capitol Hill mm-hmm. and lobby Republican congressmen and senators. And I was like, okay, cool, well, I'll go interview them there. And I was interviewing this woman. I felt, I felt really bad for a second because she was, she was from Arizona, she was talking to Senator Kyle, and I'm not a fan of Senator Kyle. You know, I'm not, he's, he's a, you know, mainstream Republican right statist. And she was, she was going to demand, like, why isn't he listening to us? Why isn't he hearing us that we're, we're you know, we're, we're, we're making these demands? He's ignoring us. And I felt, I felt bad for her for a second. Like, wow, you know, you have a politician that's, that's blowing you off. I, sure, that sucks. But then I thought, well, that, well that, you know, then the, the conversation progressed. And she said that the reason she was there was to get him to support the Obama jobs plan. Like, oh, no, I'm not defending the man. I was afraid for a second there. Maybe I was taking the side of the man. But when she said, no, I'm, I'm here to get him to support the Obama jobs plan, I, I was all the more confident in, in, in what I was doing and, and, and exposing them. Because I think really uh, it's, it's, not, it, it's, it's, a, it's a different strain of, of statism 
behind the, right. the occupation movement. You've been the, capturing uh, some, you know, some. You've been capturing some great move, uh, some great moments. You've been down there a lot. Lots of funny stuff. Some outrageous stuff, like Ali said, where they're trying to shut you down. Some of the best content on the Occupy movement that's Absolutely. been created. Period. Thanks. Over over Appreciate at AdamVersusTheMan.com. Adam, thanks, man. You probably have somewhere to be, so I appreciate you being on the show tonight. It looks like some bags are coming off the carousel, and I, I'm, I'm just going home. I Great, actually man. ended up, We're coming with up. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything that you want. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. And we invite you to the website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, so enjoy those, including the news updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via Twitter, Facebook, email. That's news.freetalklive.com. The state loan owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you need a boat, not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a, sustain, a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food, and has, the shallow, has a shallow draft of less than three feet to be able to get a four-wheel drive vehicle, car, or SUV ashore. With a life yacht, you could live free of nearly any government intrusion, and have a seashore home anywhere in the world. You can be involved for $1,000 and the commitment of as little as eight months. EricksonCouncil.com. Again, go check out EricksonCouncil.com and take a serious look at this. All right, so our number again, 855-450-FREE. Kind of been throughout the the last couple hours of the show telling uh, bits of the story from today uh, as a bunch of activists converged on the Supreme Court in New Hampshire as they were looking at some uh, new rules to standardize cameras in court and and what those rules should be across all of the New Hampshire courts because they've been very arbitrary. And they certainly should be standardized. Up until this point. And so what really, you know, as far as what actually happened in the... In the hearing, I've got footage. There's, I got, I recorded two hours of footage uh, today at various different points throughout what we were doing, and uh, so there was a lot of testimony. A lot of uh, individuals who love liberty came out. They spoke out in favor of press freedom. Spoke out in favor of everyone being the press. Talked about how you know the the line between what is an established media or mainstream media and you know the independent media is blurring. And, and important to note. The mainstream media did not bother to show up at this. Unc- uh, incorrect. Well, uh, barely. Uh, you said there were two people, right? They had their representatives show up. There's like a press association in New Hampshire, and so the uh, representatives for the press association, the lawyer and a representative, showed up. You don't think that's kind of pathetic? I agree with you. Outside okay. of outside of those two folks, the rest of the courtroom was filled with liberty activists. Okay. So had the liberty activists not come out, 
And the supermajority of the Liberty activists were not New Hampshire natives. It was mostly free, free staters, people who have come here from outside of New Hampshire in order to, uh, to live more free and to attain more freedom in our lifetime. And to stand for the freedoms that already exist in New Hampshire. Right. It's the freest state in, in the Because someone needs to do it, and clearly no one else was going to do it that day. Yeah. So, or today. And so, so there was a lot of testimony, a lot of, uh, you know, kind of recaps of some of the arrests that have happened. Uh, and it really, it, they clarified after the first few testimonies that this wasn't supposed to be a hearing about uh, people being restricted in the lobbies. It was only supposed to be about inside the courtroom. But nonetheless, everyone kept talking about the lobbies. And, and, and because, it, as I pointed out in my testimony, it's a chilling effect. When you can't have a camera in the lobby, it makes you not want to come in the building at all in the first place because you're afraid of what these you know, men with guns might do to you. And that's what right. Jason Talley ju- was saying. He says he doesn't want to come into the courthouse anymore because he's been arrested and dragged around in there for having a camera. And the judges uh, claim power over the lobbies, too. I mean, we don't <laughs> – let's have some consistency all around, gentlemen. So they made the decision, I guess, later. I didn't stay for this. We, ju- we only stayed I mean, for the These testimony. are the greatest legal minds in the state of New Hampshire. They can't handle the area outside of the, the courtroom. We can't get a little consistency here. I mean, this is just absolutely uh, – it is outrageous, outrageous. Outrageous that some judge can just say, oh, yeah, we're not going to allow cameras in the courtroom today. And they just change their policies any old time they want. When they get caught lying, committing felonies on film, they just change their rules. It's a shame. Nobody could, holds them to it. It's a shame you couldn't make it out, Mark, because uh, there was some great testimony from folks. And you've been threatened by the sheriff over recording video at, uh, at the court. He threatened you with arrest. Uh, so people were able to tell their stories and to kind of explain what's actually going on out there because these people are completely insulated. They, you know, they have no idea. It's just this panel of folks that's looking at uh, judicial policies, and so they may not have even heard of half of the things that uh, that we told them about today. Turns out later on, apparently, they did vote to adopt these new proposed rules, which are an improvement over the current situation. But honestly, I didn't even have a chance to read the rules before I went into this hearing. I just went in to tell them what was going on and what you know. So have you read the rules? now no I, i'm looking i'm waiting for uh seth Cohn, who's uh, one of the state reps here to send them to me okay uh so i still haven't had a chance but from what i understand it's it's more improved over the current situation so i guess you know the system is slowly moving in the right direction well, but but i don't expect them to do anything different like this is why i'm such a skeptic of this uh you know use the system approach because i feel like even if they do put these new rules into effect i wonder if the, the courts will even care like this do court wonder. here doesn't seem to give a flip about what uh, what the rules say. They just do whatever it is that they want to do. But anyway, so like it was a, a good positive outcome from people testifying. Well, you and know, they one thing I want to say is I understand some of the reticence that they have as far as having cameras in a courtroom. I don't. I wouldn't want anybody just you know people with big giant cameras and tripods all over the place. I mean, there's this there's a certain limited space issue. But that's, to me, the only – and moving around, trying to get better shots. I think those are the only real legitimate complaints. I've heard the complaints made that if you let activists or if you let anyone film in the lobbies, then you'll get uh, – the victims of the court or right. whatever on that's camera. That's the big excuse. They brought that one up today and asked somebody about that. And I it was it happened before I got up there, so I addressed that when I came up. And the issue was, well, what about the children? There's children that testify, and you can't have them recorded. And I said, well, wait a minute. If I wanted to record children, and I don't, but if I wanted to, I could just stand outside the courthouse. So I said... How far outside of the courtroom, how many you know, concentric circles outside of the courtroom will you be able to re- restrict my ability to, fo- uh, to film children in public? Again, 
that seems a little creepy. I'm not interested in doing that. But if I wanted to, same thing with jurors. If I want to film jurors, because that was another one of their concerns. We can't have the jurors film. There's jurors. Well, the jurors come out of the courthouse, too. And we've been outside the courthouses when the jurors have come out attempting to get interviews with them on camera. So, again, it's all this security theater. They and just want to control inability, people. They, they can come ha- somehow keep jurors from being uh, filmed, but they can't keep witnesses from being filmed. I mean, they can't. Uh, if, if it's the, you know, I, I understand why the rape victim wouldn't necessarily want to be on film. And, by the way, that's never happened around here. Not to say that it couldn't, but can't they create a little room for witnesses to sit in that do not wish to be filmed? The non-filming room that's off to the side? I mean, it doesn't. But if you're going to be a witness in a case, you should be uh, subject to being filmed. I mean, witnesses in America are supposed to be public. They're not supposed to be able to come up with a bag on their head. They're not supposed to be able to come up and, you know, testify and Anonymously, they're supposed to be seen because they're supposed to stand behind what they're claiming. Right. So I made all these points and more. And, and again, they, they do seem to be moving in the right direction. So I think it was overall it was a very positive from a political standpoint, from an inside the system standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think it went pretty well. Uh, well. It remains to be seen whether or not these rules will actually be respected by the courts. Hopefully they will because they're coming down from the Supreme Court. Uh, well, that'll remain to be seen. But I'll tell you more about what actually happened out in the lobby here in a moment. Let's first go to you and your thoughts. Scott, listening in Tennessee to WHUB in Cookville. Hey, uh, Scott. Man, that's cool, Ian. Thank you very much, man. I listen to you all all the time. Thanks. And I'm very political like you all. And, and I know you all want Ron Paul. And I know Kane has gone out of the situation. Uh, I registered the vote last year. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't know how to cast my vote, but we've got to change the system. I'm all pro-gun for y'all, like you guys that went on campus uh, a few weeks ago. Right. Uh, I'm a political person. I'm so glad it got through to y'all, man, because I'm not trying to be on the radio. I'm just, you know, but I have a son-in-law. He's been here six years from Mexico. Uh, He sends money to his family. He doesn't fight my daughter. He's a good guy, man. He takes care of his son, which is three years old. I took his son to church last Sunday. I'm not the most upstanding person in the world, but I would like to go Republican this year. You can dress Michelle Bachman up with her uh, Barbara Bush pearls and stuff, but I like Ron Paul. I like the Constitution. I love the Bill of Rights. I love to be able to take my grandson out on the porch and say, hey, grandbaby. We're going to shoot a deer. We're going to skin it out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Ron Paul would support Ron that. Ron Paul would support that. I you like know, Ron Paul, too. Although I don't Ron Paul is really the only choice that a Republican voter can make at this point. It's the only choice a Democrat voter can make. It's true. I if mean, you love it, peace. It, during the primary. Uh, anytime, I no, think. I mean, strategically. It's the only choice yeah. one gets to make. Scott, I don't know if you're going somewhere with that. But we'll bring it back. Give you a chance here to finish up your thoughts. 855-450-FREE. Or if you just want to say you love Ron Paul. He's pretty cool. I love Ron Paul. Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Even in these remaining moments, we'll try to sneak you in if you're already on the line. If not, you probably are not going to have time to get in tonight, but that's okay. We do this thing seven nights a week. You'll have your chance again tomorrow from 7 p. to 10 p. Eastern. Eastern time, exactly. You can uh, get on the air seven nights a week. Uh, And so join us also over at freetalklive.com where you can get interactive with uh, other Free Talk Live listeners. You can also help support the show by going and uh, shopping with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. In fact, just added the uh, spendbitcoins.com banner to the shopping page to give you an extra option because spendbitcoins allows you to use bitcoins at uh, retailers like Amazon. 
So if you wanted, rather than spend your dollars or your fiat yep. currency, if you'd rather spend bitcoins and help Free Talk Live at the same time, because that's what you can do through the shop page, you can use their Spend Bitcoins uh, banner there too get you over uh and by the way coming up here in february the 23rd through the 26th we will all be attending the free state project liberty forum at least i think you're going right ali i want to go i think i'll go i hope you will be able to because it's a lot of fun and uh, mark and i we're old hat at this we've been for for pretty much every single liberty forum that there's been i think we've been from the very beginning well you missed a portion of one but i I attended it I, i had to go to an industry convention that same weekend but uh, we're going to be there, and uh, there, but don't please don't just come to see us. We're not that exciting. But uh, what is exciting about the Liberty Forum is being around hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. It's happening in the Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel here in New Hampshire. It's happening February 23rd through the 26th. You can get signed up at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. You get to see some great speeches from people like Peter Schiff. He's one of the keynote speakers. Uh, a big deal. Joel Salatin, the author of You Can Farm, uh, and many other uh, topics uh, on discussion. Also panel discussions on like making the move to New Hampshire, civil disobedience, and uh, many more uh, topics will be announced. Uh, the the schedule is still being put together, but it's uh, it's up for registration now. So go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Lock in your hotel room as soon as you can. You don't want to be stuck in a situation where you procrastinated and then all of a sudden, oh, crap, the, so- the hotel sold out. Uh, and then you've got to yep. be at some hotel down the street and then you've got to travel in the wintertime in New Hampshire. You know, let me tell you. Do you don't want to do it as possible. Yeah, you don't want to be that. sorry. So take, your, take a moment. Go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Use our coupon code FTL2020. And you'll save 10%. Uh, again, coupon code FTL2012 at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Let's go back to Scott listening to WHUB in Tennessee. Scott, you're back on Free Talk Live. You were talking about Ron Paul. Uh, you seem pretty excited about him. And I'm, I'm not sure if you were going anywhere else besides just uh, you know pumping up Ron Paul. But what else did you have on your mind? Well, Ian, um, look, I'm only like 80 miles from Nashville. And I'd really like to come to y'all's convention down in Nashville. Um, we don't have a convention so cool. in Nashville. I'm not sure what uh, what that would be. Well, I thought y'all were having a free talk live forum in uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashua, no, Nashua, New Hampshire, and no, Nashua, it's not a free. New Hampshire. It's not. A, I'm sorry, brother. It's not I'm a free sorry, talk man. live convention. It's uh, it's the Liberty Forum. It's put on by the Free State Project. We just happen to come along and uh, broadcast live from there because I really support what the Free State Project is all about. So that's that's why I we're there. I think y'all guys are right on, man, because I believe in the Bill of Rights and I believe in the Constitution and and I believe in America. But we really do got to do something, man. If we don't get any change, I don't know what's going to jump off before the elections in November. I'm not a – I know you guys are not the conspiracy theorists or whatever, you know. You're not the Jesse Ventura-type characters. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yes, man, I listen to talk radio all the time. And and I'm trying to stress my point of view. I listen to that bigot character or whatever, that other Scott. This is not that Scott. This is Scott from Tennessee. Right. Uh, okay. And and I listened to the calls, and the man that called in from Colorado the other day about the Scott, the character up there, wherever he's from, he needs to get out of his mama's basement. But no, as far as the Hispanic community, not all of them are bad, man. I no, think most of them are good. I mean, most, yes, yes, most my pe- son-in-law is a fantastic young man. If I was to give my daughter to somebody to 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 give away as my, you know, to her. To you him. don't get to give, <laughs> give your, your daughter, daughter to away. anyone. Uh, yeah, she, you know, she gets you know to decide I mean? for herself. <laughs> yeah, well, I understand that. Right. Yes, I heard her chime in in the background. But no, you guys are right on, man. 
but what you're I, saying I, is I, you feel comfortable with him and uh, you you like him and I uh, thank you Scott for the call tonight. I really appreciate hearing from you. Uh, I'd like to make my point on uh, Ron Paul being the only choice for a Republican. That'd be great, Mark. But we've got lots of folks oh, that want right. to talk to us here, so right. we'll, you can do that another night. I will. We're on seven nights a week. So uh, thanks. Eight, five, but uh, as a matter of fact, I'll do the Sunday show this week. You just should to make do that. sure I get plenty of time to talk about it. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, immigrants uh, mostly good people. I mean, they're moving here for good reasons. Why don't you go to calls? We got people. Yeah, waiting. we're doing that. Uh, let's talk to. Uh, let's go to John, listening also in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Hi, guys. Hey, I want to make a quick point on this. Uh, cameras in the lobby. It was nice that they uh, they're, they're looking to move certainly in the direction of in the courtroom. Can you imagine the situation today in that lobby if? Those thugs with the guns did not have more people around with cameras. Oh, yeah, there would have been arrests today. If we didn't have as many people as we had today, for sure, people would have been arrested. Oh, and maybe even beat up and hurt. I mean, the way that guy was, I, I think he was wanting to hurt people. He gave me a little shove. He pushed he a woman. Shoved you? He, yeah, he's, he, he shoved, shoved another woman. John is, uh, John is, you know, I don't know how old you are, John. You're probably early, early 60s, late, late. He's a mature uh, man. I look like that. Okay. And, uh, you know, you're, you're senior, and uh, you got shoved by one of the security agents and today. And the most peaceful man you're going to find. Right. I mean, John wasn't causing any trouble. That's ridiculous. John is the pastor of the Peaceful Assembly Church in Grafton. I mean, you talk about peace, this guy's all I about it. I forgot how to cause trouble a long time ago. Now, not only that, but he also pushed uh, Cecilia, who is one of the uh, newer movers to the Keene area, who'd come out, uh, again, as a, a number of us did, to this court hearing today. He pushed her. He shouted at the top of his lungs at Kate, who is just a, you know, a teenage uh, young lady. I mean, she's maybe 18 years old. Uh, and this guy was trying to stare down people. Like, he was trying to be as intimidating as he possibly could. He was in a staring contest with Pete Air from, uh, from, from Liberty <laughs> on the wrong one. <laughs> I mean, he, he was trying to stare down as many people as he possibly could, and people were just staring right back at him and laughing at him. And uh, he was being a real jerk. And his name he's was Dennis. Real, he's a real problem. I think the guy's got some mental issues. Seriously. And I just did a search to see uh, Dennis the Menace in New Hampshire. He's not a YouTube star yet. Not I yet. Like, that's uh, coming. Because we had but, probably, I don't know, John, what do you think? Maybe eight to ten cameras out in that lobby? Sure, it's got to be that. Yeah, because I know that it seemed like there were maybe ten or twelve actually out in the courtroom. I don't know if everyone was willing to pull, pull them out in the lobby, but there was a good amount of people that were. And so we had several different angles of this man's behavior, as well as some of the other bureaucrats. There was one woman who appeared to be the clerk of court. She comes out and she's like, is Ian Freeman here? And I kept my uh, mouth shut because I'm like, I don't want to talk to this woman. I don't know who she is. I don't know what she wants. me. For all I know, they want to arrest me. And so uh, I, didn't, I didn't speak up. And then she just st- started to lecture everyone. You know how uh, like an authoritarian kind of like imagine like your principal from high school or a teacher sticking their <laughs> index finger up and kind of wagging it at you and this is what she was this is how she was treating everyone in there she was just, just holding up her uh, index oh, finger and wagging it around as though she's some sort of authoritarian in charge of all of us telling us you can't record video in the lobby there's a court order that says you can't do it and Which so somebody just made up right, right? Well, they never produced anything like that right so somebody says to her well can you show us the court order and uh, so she she kind of uh, flutzed around a little bit and then uh, ended up walking out of the the room uh, and never came back with the court order. So and, and apparently those are just magic words which she can normally just yell at people. I have a court order and people probably just bow down and say. Absolutely, they do. Most people will do what they're that. told. And this was a day when they tried to flex their their uh, you know their their governmental power over people and they completely failed. They had to back down. They you know they tried as best they could. They had this intimidating guy and you know in there trying to intimidate people. This woman comes in, threatens everybody. She leaves the room. Tw- uh, Fifteen minutes later. 
Right. Then three state cops show up. So it looks like they're trying to, you know, arm up to handle as many arrests as they possibly can. But they ended up just standing around and uh, and watching. Uh, they totally backed down. We t- completely won today because enough people came out and stood strong together in favor of press freedom at this New Hampshire court lobby. No at the one New Hampshire Supreme Court at lobby. the Supreme Court lobby. It's something that I've always wanted to see happen here in Keene. It yet has has yet to happen here in Keene. People to do the same sort of thing just multiple people with cameras coming into court but it worked today and it's proof a, a more proof of concept that if you have enough people who are willing to take some risk that you can you can win they will back down uh it was great i'm glad i got to see you out there today hey, john you know your point with the uh if, if they have a witness you're uh, gone huh yeah, right here no if they have oh, a witness I'm sorry. uh yeah so if they have a witness that they don't want seen uh, I liked how you said that, that they could do it with a bag on their head. And they should actually literally have to do that. We talked about that when uh, Weeda Claus was on trial. If, there's, if they're saying that these people can't be seen, how about they do? Put a black hood on these people and let them know what their, their secret society, their, their snitch society is doing, that, they, that they're too ashamed and they can't, they can't be seen in public. It would make some interesting footage, that's for sure. John, we're out at, uh, almost out of time for tonight, but I appreciate hearing from you. Thanks, Where can tonight. folks go to learn more about the Peaceful Assembly Church? Uh, PeacefulAssemblyChurch.org is a website, which I do, I do that by myself. And I'm not much of a computer guy, so it's always way behind. New Hampshire Underground. I know you're and, working on getting uh, some folks. That, right, that's nhfree.com uh, for the forums over there. John, thanks uh, for the call tonight. If you didn't get in tonight, we'll, uh, we'll definitely get you on. But the video footage will be coming. There's a lot of different angles. Somebody's going to have to cut up different uh, people's cameras because we've got like six different angles on this Dennis the Menace character, this ludicrous security agent today. Uh, we'll let you know when that video is available. Keep your eyes over at freekeen.com. It will uh, likely pop up there because the folks that were dis- participating today uh, that had their cameras out, for the most part, were, were from Keen. Uh, so uh, we'll come back tomorrow. We'll join you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post show here on Free Talk Live. And I am with Mary Hayes Greco. Mary, you have written a book recently. Is that correct? That's right. Unconditional forgiveness. And you a consider yourself simple a simple and go ahead. proven method to forgive everyone and everything. So why why do people want to forgive uh, other folks? Well, they don't usually. They, uh, they, <laughs> they, <laughs> they really want people to just straighten out and act right. Yeah. But in effect, we don't really have any control over that. So in the end, we might find after a few sleepless nights and a few stomach aches, we say, oh, i got to stop. Got to stop feeling these feelings. What do I do? And then they ask, what do I do for forgiveness? And then do, I tell them. Do most people actually say, uh, say to themselves, I've got to stop feeling these feelings? I mean, is that what they say or do they just well, they say, cons- I'm, I'm, wallow I'm in so their righteousness? Tired. Yeah, that's true. You have some people who actually love being really, really ticked off all the time. But it, it takes a toll on your health. You know, At a certain point, you might say, oh. I'm tired of, of needing to have, you know, four beers at night to relax. I don't think that's uh, – I think I should be able to relax without, but we got so much anger inside. What do I do with it? You should have four so, beers just because you want to have four beers. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Not because you need them to sleep. Right. So 
So anyway, at a certain point, sometimes people just get so tired of hating somebody, and maybe they see the person pretty often as their awful neighbor or their ex, you know, their their ex-spouse, so they're seeing them coming and going with the kids, and every time they see them, they get mad and they hate them. And, you know, hate is just bad for you. It wears out your parts. It's yeah. really, really a toxic, toxic thing to walk around with. So tell me how it's, we do forgiveness how toxic, for us. Tell, tell me how it's toxic first, because I, I believe this, but, um, you know, I mean, you're the expert, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm the expert. I've had a, the, the uh, Ph.D. in bitter experience. Uh, it's, it's toxic because it, uh, well, it does chemical things in your body. You know, it, it raises the levels of cortisol, and it just, uh, it, it's the, at the root of many stress-related disorders, you know, things like, like heart issues and, and ulcers, of course, the classic one, even back aches, even immune system problems. There are now these days a, a few thousand studies that have popped into view in the last 15 years that are saying what we've always intuited, which is resentment is bad for you. Those darn studies. I know. I know. (laughs) So anyway, we do forgiveness for our own sake. And it is an independent thing about, you know, what the issue is. It doesn't matter if it's bad, stupid, wrong, atrocious. You don't want to carry that bad feeling around inside you. So you have to get it out of your system and let people have their own karma, so to speak. So is this for the very, very big things that you need to forgive people for, or is it for the small stuff, or is it for all of it? The whole thing. In my book, Unconditional Forgiveness, I talk about how there's this spectrum of pain and healing, and it goes from tiny little annoyances to steady irritations to uh, upsets to uh, heartbreaks to atrocities. It goes the whole the whole gamut. And the thing is, is that the the process is kind of like your your body mind has a way of getting over things, and the process is the same whether it's a tiny little thing or whether it's a huge thing. It just takes shorter or longer. So it's going to take me five minutes to forgive the really rude clerk in the store, and it's going to take me twenty minutes to forgive somebody stupid I saw on the news, and it's going to take me an hour to forgive. Uh, my husband for doing something really awful and you know like that mm-hmm. and um but the point is you can really get over things you can get over them permanently you can get over over them quickly you don't have to go to therapy for 2 years to get over something uh with one of your parents you can you can move through this in in kind of short order if you know how healing works so my book really details how does emotional healing happen and let's let's just do it so you've worked with um, you've worked with veterans, uh, as I understand it, with their healing I issues. Work- this has to be the, yes. the the biggest kind of uh, uh, you know people that carry sort of resentments and things. I mean, they they were in war. Yes, of course. Well, if they're in a position of of needing to do things that that would cross their value system in a normal civilian life, they're in a position of having to to witness great sorrow and horror regularly and to be part of it. And it's really a big deal to to live with that. And so there's there's a lot of self forgiveness that goes on. People need to forgive themselves because they weren't able to save a buddy, for instance, or because they know they hurt a family that they didn't mean to hurt and it's a lot to process and and of course it's helpful if they can do some traumatic stress healing as well with the forgiveness but you know a lot of regular or uh, civilians we feel like we've been through the wars too we have our own wars in daily life we have our wars at work and we have our wars in our families and in our neighborhoods and and so in a way it's it's bigger and more dramatic but it's really kind of what we're all dealing with 
You know, a lot of people are dealing with, um, you know, they're they're upset with uh, not just um, it's not just people veterans, but I mean it's it's people that are dealing with uh, situations like the economy um, as it yeah. is today, and the government and politicians, people that they'll never that they don't even know they exist, or sort of ethereal things. Um, I mean, you know, is that is that fall into the same realm of forgiveness? Can can you forgive sure. something that doesn't exist? Well, yeah, it sure does. You have to. Um, we're, we're all in relationship with these various entities, if you will, government, and church, and uh, societal, you know, uh, groups and and stuff like that. And um, we we find ourselves reacting to them in in, um, in certain ways. And the the thing is, is that any way you cut it, hate isn't good for us. It isn't good for us. And you know, I've had to forgive uh, the notion that democracy in America doesn't work very well. It, it, it's just not working very well right now. <laughs> and so the essence of forgiveness the essence of forgiveness is releasing your expectations that somebody would be what you wanted to be at this moment in time. And so, you know, to make my peace with that, I have to say, you know, I'm not giving up on, on um, lobbying for justice and things the way I see it, but I'm not going to hate, okay? I'm going to I'm going to forgive it, meaning I'm going to let go of my expectation that this would be what it should be right now, this minute, and I'm going to lobby for what I want to with uh, with clear a clear mind and an open heart and, and not any hateful judgments towards anyone, because, you know, you, you can't really get a lot done if you're coming from that place. You just make a lot of noise but it doesn't really take hold so that brings up an interesting question what if um can you what about forgiving somebody whom uh who doesn't care about your opinion that doesn't care what you think i mean this is <laughs> this is kind of what i think of with at least some politicians most politicians i think that they're you know my concerns and my family's concerns are probably not terribly high on their list that they're concerned about all kinds of other things that have little to do with uh, what and frank uh, frankly what they were put in office to do that's right so it's hard to release your expectations of politicians because we elected them with expectations. They said, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do the other thing, so we expect them to do it. But here's the thing is that we, we elected human beings. We elected human beings who are uh, finite, limited, corruptible, uh, and they have different levels of competence, and they even have different levels of awareness and consciousness and morality. And so it's it's always going to be a mixed bag. It's really always going to be a mixed bag. And I always tell myself, you know, Mary, the, the real world changes are coming from the grassroots up. They're coming from the ground up. They're coming from the hearts and minds of good people who are willing to see the good in each other, who are willing to be peacemakers in the in the tiniest of neighborhood situations or anywhere they find themselves. We can all be peacemakers and we can all be creators of the new societies if we are really cleaning house as we go on of our, our own issues, our personal issues that make us be, be victims or our personal issues that make us hate people. We really have a lot of power to influence the, the shaping of what's being created next. Now, I mean, now there's obviously okay. So forgiveness is something that one does for oneself. That's I mean, I've I've agreed with that for a very long uh, period of time. But what a what about when you're dealing with situations like I mean, it comes to mind uh, the 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 rapist right um you know the the rape victim wants to I, I would think that that they would be best off if they would forgive that person in at least come to some kind of terms is there some kind of term for forgiving but not forgetting or whatever yes very good um i agree with you we, we can't forget we have to forgive and remember 
We have to forgive and know what has happened and know who we are and who and who people other people are and and I have actually worked with uh, a number of rape victims and I've actually worked with two perpetrators who were forgiving themselves for being rapists. Mm-hmm. It was kind of amazing to be on both sides of the issue. And I was really stunned to discover that, in a way, the wound is the same, and the way both parties lost their, their, the best of their humanness, and both parties felt uh, objectified and, and crazy and, um, and found it a hard thing to live with for decades afterwards. And so there's a really one of the things we have to face about just being human beings is that we have a, we have a dark side. We have a violent streak. We have, you know, uh, these strange issues that, that people get caught in. And, but in the end, there isn't anything that isn't forgivable in that we can release the impact of it, and we can heal ourselves and open up to the best, the next best moment, the next best part of life. So, what are what? It, what, what I mean, this your book, Unconditional Forgiveness. Um, can you give us some idea of what the techniques are for forgiveness? I mean, a lot of people. I mean, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've uh, attempted to forgive, you, you know, particular people, and then at some point or another, the resentments come back, and then I do it again, and I. I mean, <laughs> so uh, is is that just is that forgiveness that you just got to keep doing it, or is there no, some kind of I, I- no, actually, you can actually complete the job in one fell swoop if you know what all the parts and pieces are. And many people have tried to forgive and failed at it because, like you described, it keeps creeping back because they missed a piece. They didn't know that they didn't know what a part that they needed to do. And this method was developed by a lady who did uh, therapy sessions with people for 45 years, and she saw people cross the landscape of healing and realize, oh, okay, there's this step and there's this step and this, and she put it all together. So anyway, yeah, my book delineates the um, the steps in this technique, and the, the great thing about it is you can always do it. You don't have to talk to the person or see them. This is a private process you do for yourself, and we use the device of you put aside some private time, some private space, you put an empty chair out in front of you and, and p- picture the person in the chair, and then you walk yourself through these eight steps. And uh, the first step, of course, is determining to get over this, to get through this. And the second step is you have to have your feelings out just the way they are. You can imagine looking at that chair, that person in the chair and saying, I hate your guts, you know, I F you, and, and how dare you, and I, I blah, blah, blah. And you can yell at them, and you can use a lot of language. You can tell them they're a bleeding idiot, anything you want to, because it's an empty chair. And meanwhile, what you're doing is you're moving that, that angry energy out of your bod, out of your, out of your tummy, out of your chest. It's moving out. And then you move to your mind and you, fi- you figure out, well, what, it, what was it I was attached to? I, I was expecting this. And you go through this little process where you, where you shift that to like, well, I wished it was this way, but I'm letting it go. So you, you can dissolve your expectations one after another. And there's, you know, there's eight steps all told. But the point is, is that we have to work through all the parts of ourselves. We're, we're more complicated than dogs and goldfish. You know, like your dog is going to forgive you instantly. But <laughs> you, we, we have egos that we have to work through our, mm-hmm. the mind and the emotions and the energy and the boundaries and the, the spiritual self. We have to work through these parts. And then guess what? It goes away. It goes away completely. It doesn't come back. And, you, and your whole uh, experience with that person begins to shift. Suddenly, too. It does really seem to be that resentments are based around expectations. You know, you um, yeah. whether the person that whom you have uh, the the level of upset with 
develop those expectations themselves. Like, I will be here at this time to do this, and then they don't do it. Um, And, I mean, that happens all the time. Or it's some kind of expectations you built around the situation and, you know, with the expectation that they, you know, maybe they would be there at that time or whatever it was that you thought that that person might do. you know, I mean, it's it's all about your expectations, and that's what makes um, that that's what seems to be what what builds uh, resentments and, and anger and upset. That's right, exactly. And the the cool thing is, even though you don't have power to make people uh, do things right, so you know the way you want them to to do them do them, you always have the power to adjust your expectations to release your expectations and hold them more loosely like a preference. Like I got a friend who's always late. He's always very late. And uh, I could count on him being 20 minutes late or two hours late, But and I don't see him that often. But I love him to death, and, and he's just not going to change that. He's kind of in his own time flow or something. Mm-hmm. So I have adjusted my expectations around this friend that whenever I'm going to meet him, I bring along a book. Uh, or my laptop or some work, and I just settle in and I wait till he shows up and I entertain myself. And I would never schedule a meeting with him when I had a really uh, limited time frame. So that's an example of how, and I love, uh, we have a great time. I love mm-hmm. him, you know. Uh, so you have to, to right? Me it was worth, yeah. <laughs> so is it possible <laughs> I, that what one, I mean, is it the possible for a person to say, to forgive that friend? And I'm, I'm talking about everybody's got that friend, right? Is it possible for me to forgive him, but just say, you know, my time's too valuable to hang out for? Or, uh, at a coffee shop for two hours waiting for you to come. And that's that. I mean, it, Exactly. I, you forgive him and you have love and goodwill for him, but you don't hang out with him anymore. He's not practical for you. So, yeah. So when we forgive people, it's not saying that we have to remain their friends or we have to stay married to them or, or anything. We adjust our boundaries. We adjust our expectations of how we're going to dance with this person when we forgive them. Okay. But the idea is that then your heart is going to be open to them wherever they are. So there might be someone that you just really need to break up with because they are just no good for you. But, you you know, you really see the good in them. You wish them well. So you forgive them, and then the rest of your life, when you think of them, you have kind of a nice warm feeling towards them, but you don't see them because uh, it's not practical. So the idea is you want to you have a, a, some level of goodwill for everybody. Sent but, and maintain healthy, normal oh, levels. Second, pardon me. No injection. Yeah. Terribly sorry. A little yeah. noise came, came on there. I didn't have the wrong, right button pushed. I'm not an expert at these things. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So um, the book is Unconditional Forgiveness, and folks can get it where? They can get it at Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and um, uh, it's a Simon and Schuster book, so they should be able to get it just about anywhere starting this week. Very oh, it's it's, it's brand new. It's coming out Tuesday. Oh. Yeah, but you can pre-order it at Amazon right now. That's right. Well, you can go to shop.freetalklive.com and uh, do your ordering through there. That's uh, the Amazon links there. It, uh, it's Unconditional Forgiveness. And the author That's is right. Mary Hayes Greco. And Greco spelled G-R-I-E-C-O. That's correct? That's right. Excellent. Mary, thanks for the interview. Thank you, Mark. Bye. Bye.